Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. Oh, welcome in here. Brian No, Dane Fife with you, 93.5-1075, the fan. Credit uh, CBS Sports and Jim Nance on those calls as uh, San Diego State got by in dramatic fashion in their Final Four game as uh, San Diego State took down Florida Atlantic. I think our guy Jimmy Cook is fired up today. He's got some guns and roses out of the gate here, Dane. He's off and running so far. Well, he he's he had a bittersweet day yesterday. I told him we had the great Tracy Wolf, Wolfson, CBS sideline reporter. She's down in Houston. I, he was excited she's on. Then I lied to him. Oh, yeah? I told him we had Charles Barkley on as well. <laughs> And rip Jimmy's heart out. Um, yeah, I think, what did you call it, Brian? The um, Encore, maybe, April Fool's. Oh, right, yeah. I said he's got April Fool's Day jokes, like uh, the sequel. Yes, April the sequel. Fool's Day. <laughs> sequel Jimmy yeah. was prepared to give me, a, he might have already been giving me a stand-in ovation somewhere. Oh, uh-huh. I was ecstatic. Chuckster yeah. coming on? Great. Yeah. Oh, the rare April 2nd. Uh, Frank, that's good, good stuff. <laughs> Nothing like joking with a producer about who's coming on the show. It was hilarious. I was just waiting for him to get have it ready to be cranked out. And just in time, I saved a day and tell him I was lying. No Charles Barkley today. I love that. And you would think there's a big college basketball game tonight or something with the guest list we have. Check this out. So Tracy Wolfson, like you're saying there, Dane, at 1230. Does a great job on the sidelines for CBS. Frank Martin at 130 who's at UMass right now, head coach, also a diehard Miami Dolphins fan. Very smart man, that Frank Martin. Sorry to hear that, Frank. Yeah, and then 2 o'clock, Pat, 40. So we are covered end-to-end here with college basketball guests. I know Jimmy will find a way to squeeze in his Colts, and maybe I know he's going going to talk about the Pacers. There's more balls in the the lottery now. Jimmy's just rooting for the Spurs, rooting for just maybe the Bulls. He's rooting for a lot of teams to just win. Hey, I'm all about Team Ping right now. I'm all about more ping pong balls. Team Ping. Team Ping. So if the Magic are like, yeah, let's beat the Pistons, and the Blazers are like, yeah, we've got Shaden Sharp and nobody else you've ever heard of. Let's go beat the Timberwolves. (laughs) (laughs) 19 and a half point dogs. That's great for the Pacers. So, yeah, they're sixth in the tank standings right now. It's very good. (laughs) The tank standings. Gosh, that's a great term. Let's coin it. it. Make some money. Make a T-shirt out of it. You could hashtag Team Ping or Tank Standings if you want. Either way makes a great I know uh, what you're thinking, Jimmy, and we're not doing it. Jimmy's thinking crop top. (laughs) Jimmy's thinking crop top. So let's (laughs) let's get it going with college hoops here. We'll get to the ladies' side because there's some drama going on with the LSU-Iowa outcome. Very interesting stuff. I wanted to get to the men's side just strictly because – of your history with Dusty May, right? You guys linked up over there at Indiana when you were playing. He was a, a manager on the squad. And uh, to be this close, literally, it's radio. You can't see me, but my 
index finger and uh, are my uh, yeah my uh, my index finger and my thumb just this close from winning the game, and then Lamont Butler goes down and makes a sensational shot. It's this th- like remember the old school ABC. The thrill of victory and, and the, the agony, agony of, of defeat. defeat. That's Absolutely. exactly what it was for both sides. Oh, what a pit in your stomach, man. I, I tell you, you know, you may not be here, but I can still. Do you have some kind of cologne, Brian, <laughs> that it's like post-rock concert cologne that you wear? <laughs> Is there a cologne that exists that smells like a post-rock concert? Man, there might be. Just I'm, I'm not a cologne guy. But that, you, yeah, that might be my scent right now. I don't now. know whether you have a beverage or two, but... And then just the, you know, the... the combination of french fries and nachos yeah and different cherry pop tarts but yeah, it sure. resonates in here yeah it oh, well, might be good. just jake query or, or jmv it could be um you know some some sage i've yes. been told i smell like sage. sage maybe someone just saged the studio i don't know <laughs> i'm not sure but <laughs> hey well let's talk business here uh, you know the the florida atlantic the owls hoot hoot um i thought they got a bad whistle down the stretch um, I really did. I think that um, once about the eight minute mark when San Diego State decided to bring in their um, grind line uh, and just go big and muscular and just start being physical and pounding the offensive glass, I thought that the refs, uh, I thought they failed to recognize that where they were just being a lot more physical and they were getting away with it. And I don't think the refs, the refs adjusted. San Diego State adjusted. I give them a lot of credit. They just said, all right, look, we're going to have to enforce our size, strength, and athleticism on um, on the Florida Atlantic Owls. And I think that's what ultimately won the game. But I will say this. Um, Dusty May did an incredible job. Dusty's a good friend of mine. Um I talked to him after the game. He he already he had said he said we're already ready to run it back next year, you know, which basically says we're ready. You know, mm-hmm. our guys the way they're talking, they're not happy and they think we can win it next year. Now we can talk nil and who's recruiting who off Dusty's team, but sounds to me like they've got a program, they've got a culture, and there's guys that are willing to um, buck the trend of going bigger, larger, more money potentially, mm-hmm. uh, more fame, and they're going to stay right. In Boca Raton, hanging out at the, they call it uh, basketball in paradise. And that's what's going to happen. And I think uh, you heard it here first. Jimmy, go ahead and place your bet. The Owls, hoot hoot, are going to win it all next year. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, you bring up an interesting point because you got to adjust your thinking here because when you see a, a school that's not, you know, the top of the line, I don't know the best way to put it, right? Like you're not at a, a blue blood school. Certainly there are higher profile jobs than full Florida Atlantic. The first thought is Florida Atlantic's a whisker away from the title game. Whisker. You, yep. you, a little whisker away. Yeah. Yep. And I immediately start thinking about the head coach. I start yep. thinking about For Dusty sure. May because we've seen this time and time again. We just saw it with what Tobin Anderson, yep. who was at Fairleigh Dickinson and has this big Big win against Purdue. Next thing you know, boom, he's got a higher profile job. But you bring up an interesting point where in this day and age of NIL and the transfer portal, you start thinking more about the entire squad, not right. just the head coach now. Right. Well, I can. I don't want to speak for Dusty, but I believe he's on the brink or has signed a 
an extension, which really doesn't mean much in this day and age. You can be bought out at any point, but uh, I do think it speaks volumes that uh, he's willing to sign the extension, knowing that um, there's potentially some lingering jobs or some jobs that still may come open. But uh, I, I honestly think Dusty's really happy down in Boca Raton, where his family, his family's happy, and uh, he likes the guy he works for. Uh, he likes the people he works with, and uh, he likes his program, and he's built it up himself. And I went and stayed with him in January for five days. He's got a pretty nice setup. Yeah. He, he rides his bike to work. Uh, um, How nice. He's got the great weather, he, great neighbors. It sounds like it's bigger than a one-bedroom apartment over there. Well, I wouldn't call it a mansion. Boca Raton, you've got to earn more than a million to have a mansion. Dusty doesn't earn quite that much. Um but it's really nice. Um, stayed with his, um, you know, his family, his in-laws were there at the time, Steve, and, and we call her Nana. And then uh, <laughs> Keith, the um, the stepdad, great guy. Uh, we spent some time together. But, um, you know, his three boys, two are in college, one place for Florida and one place for um, Central Florida. And then his other youngest uh, is just a junior in high school. But uh, he's got a great setup, man. I mean, there's no doubt about it beautiful home um and like i said he gets to ride his bike to work every day he's a fitness guy so dusty may i think is happy right where he's at does keith wear cologne that would be my <laughs> the obvious question he's right a there. green county guy green county jmv knows about probably he probably knows keith uh i would say it's um i would say it's a no <laughs> i would say it's a strong no i don't think they i don't think they're big fans of the uh the the cologne down there in green county but that's okay that's okay i'm not a big fan either i i just love the the thought process there green county i'm gonna go strong no i'm gonna i'm gonna, I'm go gonna st- say uh no yeah. on that one that's yeah an no go strong no on that uh dane fife and brian though with you here 93.5 and 107.5 the fan before we turn our attention to the ladies side uh, a couple more things here you know it's interesting where you think about the officiating you brought that up and each game just has a different feeling to it. And if you saw the women's game last night, it was ticky-tack to the nth degree. There were 37 fouls called. And this is not a gender thing. This is not men's sports versus women's sports. It's just the same thing just on the men's side. We've seen games where there are more ticky-tack calls. And you're right. It turned into more of a, a street fright fight, more of a rock fight. And that certainly... Uh, gave San Diego State an advantage, but that's the way it goes sometimes. Sometimes officials let more go, and sometimes they don't. It's weird like that. Well, I think a good official, and I've said this before, manages the game, but a good official uh, tries to stay invisible, and a good official generally should be responsible or do their best to keep the stars in the game. As much as it is a game, as much as it is a competition, it's entertainment. And what uh, the women's national championship, the opportunity they had, and I think they took advantage of it, is they had the opportunity to, on the biggest stage, they had the whole, women's basketball had the whole country, to me, captivated. I mean, I was dialed in. I watched the games on Friday night, watched the game yesterday. And what Caitlin Clark did, um, basically... Um, put her team on on her back uh, for Iowa, beating South Carolina, a unbelievable team. It won like forty five straight, and then um, set up the set the stage for Iowa to play a great LSU team. 
and it to me it they really captivated you know the sports fans and sports fans not just sports fans they captivated them they had an opportunity i still think they took advantage of it but i don't want to hear ultimately i don't want to hear any more about the men's officiating being poor Hmm. what you saw yesterday was an abomination um it was exactly how not to officiate a game and i thought that it could have cost the women's game that game yesterday it could have caught it could have left everybody with a bad taste in their mouth 37 total fouls on the the women's side way too many i'm curious to get your thoughts on this too where if you look at fouling out in general and Caitlin Clark was in foul trouble. She had four fouls. <laughs> she Angel had... Reese got her second foul. Yeah, for for LSU and and you know what was it the early in the second quarter? Maybe the first quarter. The first yeah. quarter she had her second foul. And just a ticky tack call, but I, and and she went to the officials. You can't see me. No, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> that didn't happen. <laughs> Too soon. Too yeah, soon. We'll, we'll get to that whole thing in a second. But uh, yeah, with Caitlin Clark, she had three fouls at halftime. She got a technical foul, which, as we know in college, counts as a personal foul, which is crazy to me. But yeah. what do you think of the argument, Dane, of, hey, in, in college, you get five fouls. Instead of getting the gate and being disqualified if you pick up your fifth foul, what if we do something where, hey, uh, you can stay in the game, but if you pick up your sixth foul, that's two free throws and the ball for the other team or whatever it would look like. I used to push back and be like, look, these are the rules of the game. We had this argument way back when, I think it was 07, when Greg Oden at The Ohio State, he was in the title game and fouled out, and it was a big deal back then. And It just goes a while until now, and you've got this star in Caitlin Clark, and she's on the bench, and you're like – if this is entertainment, and I agree with you, why are we still fouling people out? Are you receptive to changing the rules and allowing either uh, you know the the men or the women to keep playing if they pick up their fifth foul in college? Well, I spent a lot of time on the bench, not just because I wasn't a good player, but because I got in foul trouble a lot. You know, you get two fouls in the first half, especially. Right? Uh, coach has to have a lot of trust in you, and it has to be an anomaly for you to be able to stay in the game in the first half. And it doesn't happen very often. And my, much of the time, you pick up your third early in the second half, you're going back to the bench. Yeah. I'm a big fan of either six fouls, but I also like your idea. Okay, after your fifth foul, every foul thereafter, you have a penalty besides giving up two free throws. Maybe the ball back. I like that. I like mm-hmm. that idea. I still think six fouls would be a quicker um, – a quicker fix, an easier fix. Yeah. And because I, I, I think, you know, you start getting into um, something different, you, the element of time comes into play. Mm-hmm. You know, it's another free throw. Okay, we got we to gotta deal with this. We got to sort this out. I think the element of time comes into play. But I am a big fan of, of the six foul because I do think it's about um, the stars need to be playing. People watch the game. Um, because they want to see the good players. A good player goes out, the product goes down. Uh, I, I understand it's about strategy, but uh, I don't think that the fouls to me is was just an egregious. Um, it's heavily outdated. Let's put it that way. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that um, you know the foul limit is heavily outdated. I think they need to change that and do it quickly. Yeah. Hey, man. I, and if you are of that mindset, it would have been even better. If Caitlin Clark did fall out of that game, it sounds weird to say that, but if you are one of those people that want to see either a sixth foul in college or the more, 
I guess, radical idea is uh, to allow players to continue. But if you get that sixth foul or you get the the other team gets two free throws and the ball, like if Caitlin Clark fouled out, think about that, Dane. If she fouled out to, let's say, begin the fourth quarter as Iowa's making a push, we would be that's what we'd be talking about today like crazy and it's it's a footnote right now but if she filed out good lord you could imagine what the conversations would oh sound we'd like. have a heck of a protest that i think we could really push it through then i mean that think about it it'd be like jimmy not showing up for work today right i mean it'd be that bad there'd be a heck Chaos. of a protest outside yeah yeah it would be there'd be picketing and all that type of stuff but and then also you get to the drama here we get to the uh, the soap opera type stuff, which we all tune in for. So this is on the ladies' side last night. I know you have thoughts about this, yeah. Dane. Is that Angel Reese from LSU? She get she gave Caitlin Clark a taste of her own medicine, kinda. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. Hey, hey did you, can you not? Hello. Can yeah. you See me, face. Yeah. Fa- hand, face. Hello. So, the backstory is this is what Caitlin Clark did earlier in the tournament. She uh-huh. did it in the Louisville game. Yeah. Where she did the little John Cena shout out WrestleMania we saw the last couple of days uh-huh. partaking that sort of thing. So you just kind of wave your hand in front of your own face like you can't see me. And so Caitlin did that very quickly in the Louisville game. Angel Reese did it last night to Caitlin Clark. <laughs> there are a lot of people saying, hey, wait a minute. Caitlin did the same thing. Right. Not a big deal. Angel does it. Big deal. What gives with that? It, the one thing yeah. I would say is, look, let's not make it out to be the exact same thing because it's not. Angel <laughs> Reese did it to Caitlin at the free throw line. And then at the end of the game, she walked by her a good <laughs> two or three times. Just, yeah. yeah, like a, a cornerback just yeah. shadowing a wide receiver. It's like she turned into Darrell Revis or something out yeah. there and then did the pointing to her ring finger. Like It's just, it's not the same thing. I'm not going to make it out to be the biggest deal in the world. I just hate the argument yeah. of it's the exact same thing. What gives? Well, I, look, these are two players, Caitlin Clark and Angel Reese, that are superb athletes they're they're at their top of their game there's two of the best college basketball players on the biggest stage that is a high strung intense environment and whatever the motivation is you have to find it you have to dig down and find the motivation you know Kobe Bryant used to talk about playing angry. You got to play with a chip on your shoulder. Right. And my dad pitched in the major leagues, pitched for the Twins, and he always would say when when he faced a batter, he would visualize or think about that batter saying something bad about his mother. Right. And you've got to play with that chip on your shoulder. Yeah, I did the same stuff. You know, there was a guy named Trevor Huffman that played for Kent State that after they beat us my junior year in the NCAA tournament tournament first round upset essentially talked trash to me to Sports Illustrated and said some stuff that was definitely not true uh, about something my dad said, like a drama queen. And there was nothing I wanted more than to play Kent State the following year, and we did. And we destroyed them. And I had that choice uh, to say something or not. I still talk this day. I didn't say something immediately after. I didn't seek out Trevor Huffman after the game. But uh, till this day, I still talk about how we got revenge and does it make me feel better i don't know i think it makes for a decent story to somebody around there yeah uh, around here but um no that's the way athletes are wired and you'd like this with your 
your precious Lions over there. You remember the great linebacker Chris Spielman? Of course. Who, with the Lions, was great for a long, long time. And that's what he would do before games. He would somehow psych himself up yeah. that the other team was coming after his family. Mm-hmm. And that's what he had in his mind to yeah. get ready to play linebacker. So, yeah, listen, some athletes do that. And in the heat of the moment, okay, maybe you step over the line. I get that. I just dislike the argument of Caitlin did it, no problem. Angel does, quote unquote, the same exact thing, and it's a problem. So, what gives? Oh, let's do the math. Caitlin White, Angel Black. I see what's going on here. Yeah. White America's just inventing ways to hate on the black athlete. It's like, what are we doing right now? We are often running in the wrong direction. Yeah, I, I think a big part is one. We don't know if there's anything that went on throughout the game. I can I can't imagine something didn't take place during the game. Okay, uh, where those two were probably jabbing back and forth. Um, it it just looked like I, I I'm going to give everybody the benefit of the doubt and say, look, this was something that was going on all game, mm-hmm. and in the end, uh, the emotion got the best of either one of them. Uh, but the emotion got the best of Angel Reese, and she just asked, "You know what? How about that? Game over." And and I get it, and I yeah. I don't I don't look down on her. I th- I get that sports. That's the kind of stuff that happens uh, when you're on that kind of stage with that amount of intensity and that moment. There's so much emotion. Um, I haven't seen that happen before, but I don't look down on it. I right. think ultimately. Um, if I have to, and I and or I had to, I'd say, look, that's the you're just looking at the end of the story. You don't know really what went on. That's probably a whole game's worth of trash talk. Well, this is what Caitlin Clark thought about it after the game. This was her, her response to, "Hey, what was up with the you can't see me thing and everything that went on with Angel Reese?" Honestly, I have no idea. I was just trying to get to the handshake line and shake hands, and you know be grateful that my team was in that position. Uh, I was just trying to, you know, spend the last few moments on the court with, especially the five people that I've started 93 games with um, and relishing every second of that. Okay, that's what Caitlin had to say. Now, this is what Angel Reese had to say, post-game press conference. She was the one that did the you can't see me thing to Caitlin Clark, and her answer was pretty interesting. Here's Angel Reese. All year, I was critiqued about who I was. Nobody... I don't, yeah, yeah, the narrative, I don't fit the narrative. I don't fit in the box that y'all want me to be in. I'm too hood, I'm too ghetto. Y'all told me that all year. But when other people do it, y'all don't say nothing. So this was for the girls that look like me, that gonna, that's gonna speak up on what they, they believe in. It's unapologetically you. And that's what I did it for tonight. This was for the more than, it was bigger than me tonight. It was bigger than me. Twitter is gonna go in a rage every time. And I mean, I'm happy. I feel like I've helped grow women's basketball this year. I'm super happy and excited. So I'm looking forward to celebrating in the next season. Okay, so look, the first thing I take away, Dane, is that sucks if she had to hear any of that stuff throughout the year of people saying, oh, you're you're hood, you're ghetto, as she said. That sucks, man. Like someone being different, that's not a bad thing at all. And a lot of people make it out to be a bad thing. I think that's incredibly sad, and I wish she didn't have to go through any of that stuff. I think that's number one. Uh, number two, 
Look, man, I, I would just say it no matter who it was. If it's um, it's on the men's side, if it's Caitlin Clark doing the same thing to Angel Reese, if the roles are reversed, right, the outcome's reversed, and Caitlin's doing like an in-depth, you can't see me at half court, I'd be like, that's a bit much. It's excessive. Yeah. Again, yeah. not the end of the world, but it's excessive. And I can't speak for anybody, everybody who's white, but I can speak for myself. And I can honestly say I would have the exact same reaction. This is not an Angel Reese motivated reaction. It, it's the way I would feel regardless of who it was, gender, race, whatever. It's the same reaction from me. I can't speak for everybody, but I think it's sad that a lot of people take it as an automatic, like you've got an agenda against X, right. Y, or Z because this is your stance. No, man, I, I'd have the same stance for anybody yeah i i think a big thing that angel reese said is you know i'm ready to celebrate i'm looking forward to playing next year hmm. boy did she set the stage she oh man stage. we've got to can have, we have part two this uh, is like a prize fight you know can we have exactly part two right. i yeah. love it yeah i love it but that's sports man yeah that's the kind of stuff that goes on that's old school i mean look yeah <laughs> Go back and look at some of the bad boy tapes. Instead of doing, instead of uh, oh Angel gosh. Reese doing the, you know, waving the hand in front of the face or uh, Caitlin oh. Clark. Yeah. I mean, Lambeer and Barkley would just start throwing hands. <laughs> I know it, right? It, w- it was like WrestleMania. You'd grab a steel chair and start throwing it at yeah, guys. And, yeah. And let's go to some of those post game press conferences and, and hear what those guys to say or, or post game handshakes. Here's news for you. They quit the handshakes. <laughs> they don't shake hands anymore. Let's discontinue how, this. How yeah. about the Bulls? How about the Bulls? Remember, oh, yeah. remember or oh, no, yeah. when the Pistons walked out? Oh, yeah, walked yeah. Isaiah Thomas walked right past right. Michael Jordan. Right. Sure. So oh, yeah. I, I just think, look, were we happy that the – would we agree with the Pistons doing that? No, probably not the classiest thing to do. Did I agree with Caitlin Clark waving her hand in front of her face? No, probably not the classiest. Did I agree with Angel Reese? No, probably not the classiest yeah, thing. But, but you get it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we can't vilify somebody, either one of them, just like right. we don't really vilify or didn't really vilify the Pistons when they did. Okay, look, it's a okay, move on. Move yeah. on. That's that's the heat of the moment. Um, Caitlin Clark or Angel Reese's body of work. They both seem like pretty dang good people. Uh, Let's move on. No, I hear you, you on know? that one. Yeah, no, it's, it's well said right there. Thank you. Rocking, you you rocking the applesauce today, Dane? No applesauce. I've what? got a, I've got the real deal. I've got an apple today, big boy. Okay, it's got to be some form of apple intake. Or well, the, our our the, 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 the huge fan that's listening, Senator Todd Meyer, he gets mad when I when I eat on on uh, <laughs> live live uh, feed. So I've got oh, to yeah? find a way to sneak. No in more my cashews apple. while talking, that <laughs> sort of thing. He does not like that. <laughs> That's crazy. You would not be a fan of that. No. No, wild. Okay, we got a lot to do here. We got Tracy Wolfson coming up next. Does a great job for CBS. Should be out there tonight. National championship game. San Diego State. UConn. We'll get to that right around the corner. I'm Brian No, He's Dane Fife. It's 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. 
Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. I'm Brian though He's Dane Fife here on The Fan. I want to welcome in Tracy Wolfson, CBS Sports sideline reporter, joining us here on the show. Tracy, I got to say it. I just had a fl- flashback over here. So it was uh, the 2015 Final Four, and uh, Duke had just beaten Wisconsin, and you were on the floor, and it was sometime after the game. I was on the floor too, and I look over, and I'm like, it's Tracy Wolfson. And then I thought <laughs> – Maybe she's still working right now. You know, I don't want to throw off her game. And then I thought, and what if she blows me off? And I'm like, she wouldn't blow me. It's Tracy Wolfson, right? But I had that thought go through my head, so I didn't say anything. So I'm glad to speak to you today. Yeah, I I thought you might still be working. You know, I didn't want to throw you off if you were working, Tracy. I would never have blown you off. Never. Brian, Tracy's one of the kindest people you'll ever meet. Right. Yeah. And tough. Tough. Tracy. Thank you. Tracy, Tracy gets in huddles. You know, she's got the greatest <laughs> job. She gets to she gets to troll the sidelines in the NFL. Uh-huh. She gets to she gets almost into huddles. I mean, she's that respected. Uh I I just I love her job. She's she's a Michigan gal, University of Michigan. By the way, Tracy. Brian sits here and talks about, before we get to college hoops, Brian sits here and talks about, not the Ohio State. Brian, what's with the, you constantly, the? you always have to say the. What, that, that's you, what they're known as. Well, it's you never call thing. it Indiana University. You never call it the <laughs> University of Michigan. Stop with the Ohio State crap. <laughs> I agree. I agree. Do not call it that. I don't, the, even, I don't even utter the word. I hear you. So Tracy got to hold the U of M flag this fall the at, a, U at a Michigan of M? game. Or is is yeah. it just the? The. Well, the, I was referring to the flag as uh, the U of M flag. Got it. Yep. And and the over-under of Tracy being able to touch the, the, the flag as they hold it up in the Michigan players. You know the Michigan players come up and run underneath it. Uh-huh. The over-under Tracy being able to jump up and touch that flag, I think... <laughs> Um, was virtually nil. Tracy, no chance. Okay, you didn't no. try. Okay, no chance. No chance. Try. But that was a very cool experience. I, I can say. imagine. I was jealous. I was jealous. Yeah. Tracy, what are some great storylines for this Final Four? Wow. I mean, this is incredible, right? We've had just an unbelievable tournament, and then certainly the way we capped it off Saturday night with that Lamont Butler mm. uh, buzzer beater. I-, I love his story, and it's going to be something I talk about in the beginning of the game is, you know, I think last year he maybe shot 10 jumpers inside the three. 10. Wow. All season long. And I wow. think he made only one. So, <laughs> wow. In that position, and he spent all summer working on it. And he didn't go home, and he spent time just over and over and finding that consistency. And here he is, right? The hero of the tournament, the hero of the Final Four, and has San Diego State, uh, you know, they're, Mm -hmm. you know, playing for their first national championship. So I love that story. Um, I, you know, certainly on UConn, Dan Hurley, basketball family, mm-hmm. his story. Uh, he almost quit, you know, when he was playing for Seton Hall 
and he gets fired from Rutgers. There was a lot of down, down, you know, years for That's him. Right. And, yep. uh, you know, never knowing, you know, if he'd be able to climb out of it, telling us, you know, he thought he would just wind, not that this is, you know, a negative thing, but thought he would wind up as a high school coach like his dad. Mm-hmm. And yep. um, here he is, which is pretty, pretty incredible. And I know that if they win this, uh, he's going to be emotional. I mean, we spent a lot of time with him, whether it was on Zoom this week or mm-hmm. then yesterday in person. And he can't help but cry every time we talk to him. So if (laughs) they win this one, expect expect the floodgates to just open. Tracy, I... Like I said, I think one of the coolest parts of your job is you get to observe these huddles almost up. You're almost in the huddle and you can see the emotion. You can see the the um, just the, the stress that these players and coaches are under. How are you able to you know, I, we talk about the butler shot. How are you able to compose yourself knowing what goes on in these huddles and the stress that both teams are under in these moments? You know, and then you've got to go give an interview. By the way, the Zach Eady interview is an all-time great. Uh, but how are you able to um, compose yourself? I, I watched. You could see Chris Reynolds, the head of the uh, NCAA tournament committee, when the shot goes in. Chris Reynolds, an IU guy, doesn't blink. Just doesn't even move. No emotion. I can't imagine you being that type of person where you can't help but get caught up in the motion because you're almost you're almost like a fifth coach. You're you're so involved. You get a chance to observe these these moments. How do you compose yourself? Well, there was so much in that. I want to first touch on the Zach Eady interview because <laughs> uh, I like. I could have asked for anyone on Purdue at, at that point to do the interview, but I was like, I am getting Zach Eady because it's just too funny. I mean, how do I not, right? So um, I just thought it was great optics. I had to do it. Um, but, you know, you can go back to the Chris Jenkins shot, was, mm-hmm. which, oh, by the way, was in that building and basically in the same spot, um, but just from a little deeper out, obviously. Um, and I was able to have emotion because I wasn't getting ready for a post-game interview at the championship game, I usually just do the, the team that doesn't win. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we don't call them losing interviews anymore. So, <laughs> <laughs> so what a professional. Yeah. <laughs> I know, right? So, <laughs> the team that's trailing. Yes. The losing. Yeah. So, anyway, I was sitting watching that Chris Jenkins shot like a fan and able to do that. And there's that picture of Jay Wright, just stoic as can be after it goes in, mm-hmm. walking by me with my mouth completely agape. <laughs> wide open like your typical fan um but you know certainly saturday night and and actually tonight i mean you're in the moment you're really trying to position yourself to make sure you're going to get the interview quick enough and especially in football you really have to do that and then you know but at the same time watching as a fan but also trying to think in your mind okay what were you asking you know, in composing yourself, I actually, for the Lamont Butler shot, was ready to get onto the stage mm. and couldn't actually, I didn't have a great view of the basket. I had a guy standing right in front of me, so I'm kind of like turned. And in reality, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to hear the crowd mm-hmm. if it goes in. And it was really amazing. I saw the shot go off, but the guy stood right in front of me, and I just let the, cl- the crowd just erupt it. I didn't need to see it go in. I knew exactly what had happened, <laughs> which is really cool to experience. Yes, yes. Yeah. You know what? My, my producer asked me yesterday, he said, what's it like in the building when you witness that? Like, mm. how electric 
Do you get chills? What's it feeling? Because I forget he's in a truck outside producing it. He doesn't (laughs) ever get to experience it inside. He sees it like the fans do at home. So it is um, a balance. You definitely have to compose yourself. And the huddles are all different. To be to be honest, I love that part of my job. Mm-hmm. I'm, my job, to me, it's the best when you can bring relevant information at the time that it's necessary. Mm-hmm. And you can get the sights, the sounds. You're the eyes and the ears on the court and getting what maybe Jim and Grant and Raph can't get right. from where they are sitting. And so I relish that opportunity when we can get a good huddle report. And it works. And it fits and it pays off. And, for example, we had the one um, with Jim Laranega in Miami, and he huddled them all up instead of sitting down. And he had a real, you know, and they were down by a bunch at that point, second half. And he, he calls a timeout. He usually doesn't do that, and he does. And he always has something to say. He, cut, he huddled them up instead of sitting them down. And he spent about a minute with them. And I couldn't exactly see what it was because they were huddled so tight. But that could have been a real pivotal moment in the game. And they did go on a run right there. Mm-hmm. And you have to you have to clarify that. You have to bring that to light because maybe that is the pivotal point. And then you go back and you talk about it post-game of what happened in that right. huddle at right. that timeout. Yep. Um, and they did go on a run. Certainly it wasn't enough um, against a very difficult UConn team. But, but I love that, that part of my job. She's Tracy Wolfson from CBS Sports. You know, sometimes we're prisoners of the moment, Tracy, where that Lamont Butler shot was just sensational and the crowd erupts. But when you've been in so many of these atmospheres, and you mentioned Chris Jenkins, that was to win a national championship. So where would you compare, where would you rank the Lamont Butler San Diego State ending compared to the other rabid atmospheres that you've been involved in? I mean, it was insane. I think, but you know what I what I compare it to is Jalen Suggs, because mm, that yep, was in yep. the same situation. And if you don't go on to win the national championship, you forget about that. Mm-hmm. It, it doesn't go down in history like the Chris Jenkins one because that was for all the marbles. And so, Brian Dutcher even said it yesterday. I think at his press conference, and he said, "We now have to make the most of that moment." Right. And to make sure that that moment goes down in history. So to me, I can compare that to a Jalen Sugg shot, which was also incredible. We witnessed and um, but Chris Jenkins was for everything. So I think that's kind of where you you rank those. You know, what's interesting, too, is I just thought and I've never thought about this in my life before, but. Every time you or a sideline reporter asks a question, there are a lot of times where the athletes like, what was that? Can you can you say it again? Like I've never seen a sideline reporter say the same thing, but there've got to be times where the crowd's going nuts. You don't hear everything that the athlete is saying, and you just go to question number two. Is that weird for you? Because I would imagine it's got to be very awkward. You don't love that situation, certainly. I mean, your job as a reporter is to follow up on what they're saying, is to listen yeah. and hear what their answers are and then follow up. And if you're not listening, you can really miss something that's crucial, critical. Uh, we had a halftime interview, you know, years back, or it was maybe it was post-game interview years back where Roy Williams was telling us that one of his players might have just broken his hand. I mean, we had no idea. So if you don't know that, if you don't hear that, if you're in your mind just thinking of the next question, you're not listening, you look really dumb out there. So it's a difficult situation. I get as close to them as possible. Sometimes you miss stuff and you can't help it. 
Um, but your job really is to listen as much as possible and feed off of what they're saying. Now, Tracy, what what are you looking for tonight? What are what are some storylines uh, aside? Obviously, Danny Hurley, you know Brian Dutcher being a being a Michigan Wolverine back in the day. I was there for the uh, I was at the timeout game. Uh, I think my brother uh, can uh, might might still be accused of helping Chris Weber call that timeout. But uh, just storylines for tonight because everybody has UConn winning and. By and large, UConn killing, uh, destroying uh, San Diego State. I, I don't necessarily agree, but what are some things that uh, you know you expect to see tonight or want to see tonight in this game? Yeah, and by the way, I love that you brought up Brian Dutcher because what he and what Steve <laughs> Fisher have been able to to do, you know, 27 seasons he was an assistant under him Unbelievable. And, and San Diego State. So it's, yep. it's incredible and would be just uh, fantastic if they can bring certainly a championship to San Diego State. But, um, I mean, I think key-wise, you know, certainly – it's gonna. It's a tall task for San Diego because UConn just looks so, San Diego State because UConn just looks so balanced, you know. And as Danny Hurley told me after the game, yeah, uh, Saturday was, you know, he's a defensive guy, you know. So it's not like they don't play defense. Now they might not have ever seen a defense this year like San Diego State's defense. But there were some things I'm sure that they're watching. And Danny Hurley told us yesterday he watched six or seven games already, and that was uh, probably around noon on Sunday. Uh, so, you know, he did a deep dive into this team with this quick turnaround. And so I'm sure he saw some things that FAU did that he can maybe take advantage of. Um, but certainly they are the most balanced team. My my question is how they handle Sonogo. And I think San Diego State with Mensa, he has not really seen a guy like Sonogo um you know, as physical or as strong. And and San Diego State's a physical team, but I think yeah. that matchup inside underneath is going to be very interesting. Mm-hmm. And when you don't have Snogo, you bring in Klingon, and he's a, just a difficult matchup as well. So I think that's going to tell us a lot. I think physicality that the San Diego State brings, uh, Danny Hurley knows that, you know, officiating is going to be a critical part on, in this game. If they call it yeah. tight, well, it favors them. If they don't, it favors San Diego State. And I'm sure Danny Hurley has been, you know, in, in the officials' ears as much as he can over these last few, few days and going into this game. But that's going to play a part as well, controlling right. the pace. I mean, San Diego State wants to, you know, muck it up, and mm-hmm. UConn wants to run. So I Tra- think it's it's interesting. Yes, mm-hmm. it was, yeah. Yeah, no, I totally hear you. And just wanted to say thank you for the time, Tracy. And I feel more secure if I am courtside <laughs> or something. I can go, Tracy, what's up? You'd be like, hey, what's going on? I feel much better, better now after this. You know what, Tracy, I got I quick, quick I, I told, I told, I promised her 10 minutes and she didn't put any demands on me. But Tracy, I got to ask you this question, okay? Can, we're, we're talking Van Halen, okay? Oh, well, wow. Yeah, I want to hear this. This is from last week and it really upset me, but... Um, so Van Halen, are you a fan, a bigger fan of Van Halen, David Lee Roth, or Van Halen, Sammy Hagar? Which one do you pick? <laughs> I'm a Bon Jovi fan. Uh, I'm from t- Jersey, so if you, you had know, to, I, pick. Like, I I had to go somewhere. Yeah, I'm really more of a Bon Jovi. I mean, I like Van Halen. You you, you gotta you know right, I but rock out to them in my car, no doubt. David, David Lee Roth, Van Halen, or Sammy Hagar, Van Halen. Is this a fight 
between the two of you? Yes. It's a, it's a rock fight. Yeah, yes, I'm absolutely. Not gonna, I'm not settling it for you. You guys are going to oh. have to do this on your own. <laughs> What's the go-to Bon Jovi song for you? Oh, living on a prayer. I mean, living on a prayer. You yeah, yeah, belt yeah. it out, you know, yeah. as loud as you want. And no I thought maybe bad it. medicine. You know, I didn't know. I wasn't sure if it was, you know, the go-to. I thought maybe bad medicine or uh, mm, what's another yeah. popular uh, Bon Jovi song over there? You know, um, uh, gosh, never what is say it? goodbye. That's a good love song. That's a good ballad. I do also, I am partial to Guns N' Roses. Sweet Child of Mine is my karaoke song. Oh, boy. Uh, Yeah, okay. Very nice. Well, for what it's worth, Tracy, (laughs) I expected you to be a Sammy Hagar Van Halen fan. No, she's smart. She's smart, Dane. I can't believe she's a fence rider on it. I'm going to get her (laughs) offline, and and we're going to get something. (laughs) Well, hey, we'll be watching tonight. Yeah, right. we'll be watching tonight, Tracy. Have a good one, and we'll catch you down Thank the road. Thank you, Tracy. Appreciate it. Talk soon. Good Bye-bye. stuff. Very nice. Tracy Wolfson, CBS sideline reporter. Did you hear that? She wants to come back on the show. She left us with a talk soon. That's great. Yeah. She enjoyed herself. She enjoyed it. She, she's unbel- Tracy Wolfson is the best in the business. By the way, Blaze of Glory, great Bon Jovi That song. is a great song, great entrance. But uh, Tra- Tracy, she's her, her day job's the sideline reporter, but did you hear her talking hoops? Oh, it was tremendous. She's giving you names. She's giving you backstories. She's giving all kinds of stuff. What, what's the song with... Uh, he wants uh, to go back to Bon Jovi. Yeah, I'm just, I'm on a Bon Jovi kick over here, you know, where it's, uh, I'm a cowboy. That's, that's, uh. On that's the steel. Oh, wanted dead or alive. Dead or alive. Great, yep. great decent, Bon Jovi decent, song. Decent, decent. You yep. know what? Bon Jovi is way better than Sammy Hagar. That's it. That's it. If, if you were sitting in that rock, <laughs> I don't know, sage oiled chair right now. <laughs> We'd have you thrown out the window here in the sixth floor of the um, MS building. Into the fountain of the thingy over yeah. there. Yeah. Senator Todd Meyer would not be liking it. Yeah. All right. We got lots to do over here, Dane. We've got uh, a viral video and the tank standings to check the tank out. tank standings. We'll do that on the way. I'm Brian, though. He's Dane Fife. It's 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. I'm Brian. No, he's Dane Fife. I mean, I don't even know how we're supposed to talk sports right now. Are you kidding me? What a great rejoin by Jimmy Cook in his bag today. As Tracy Wolfson detailed how huge of a Bon Jovi fan is. I'll tell you what. I'll give you credit, Dane. You push. You push for an answer. You know I what do. I'm saying? I just, I, I, I just don't. Is is a, you're just a government worker. You know, you you don't want to give an answer. You're just a government worker. You just check the box. Like, I'm not a big fan of box checkers. 
yeah. check boxers. No, you, you're like, uh, you know, if the guest is like, ah, I don't know, you know, I'm more into Bon Jovi. All right, Tracy, but if you had to choose. Get Tracy, she stuck with Bon I also, you know what? <laughs> The flip side is I give people credit for not caving. I mean, Tracy stuck to her guns. She didn't want to take a stand on Van Halen and just stuck with Bon Jovi. Like, we're not, look, Bon Jovi's better than both, but that's not what we're discussing right now. T Wolf. Yeah. My favorite is when you badger what's essentially a team employee. Yes. Yeah. Who's not going to say, oh, I'd rather have Will Levis over Anthony Richardson or whatever. And you're still. But what is it? Who yeah. do you want? Hey. Like, who's who's the guy over here? <laughs> hey, real media, it's not dead. The media is not dead. The real media, when you, you've got to be able to demand the truth. you got to be able to demand how people feel and get, get the real truth out of them. Yeah. Otherwise, media is dead. It's not going to happen. Okay, let's do a little Bon Jovi this or that, okay? Do you go bad medicine Bon Jovi or shot through the heart Bon Jovi? Shot through the heart, no brainer, easy okay. one. Easy one. Okay, let's do um, um, it's my life Bon Jovi or that's an unfair. Um, let's do something that's more in its wheelhouse. Lay your hands on me. Which one is it? It's, it's my, my life. It's lay, my lay your hands on me. A little creepy. Look. If you will, <laughs> I don't want to be singing that in here out loud. Just Jimmy and I. Lay your hands on me. Lay your hands on me, Jimmy. Uh-huh. Lay your hands on. It is. You're right. It's uh, it's definitely got to be a yeah. situational Jim- type song. You're right. Yeah. Jimmy just gave me raised eyebrows. Now, now we get to this one. I want you to rank. Let's see if I can do this correctly here. Let's do one of dead or alive, living on a prayer, and blaze of glory. What's one through three? Blades. Living than dead or alive. I mean, I'll be there for you. Is as Tracy said, it's a great. She didn't say good. She said it's a great ballad. I'm gonna go one at dead or alive. Number one, outstanding song. Yeah. Um, you know, living on a prayer. I can't deny it. I would go number two. That's tough to put. Blaze of Glory third. Yeah. You kidding me? Especially when it's got its own movie. What is it, like Emilio Estevez? You betcha. Oh, he was Lou Diamond Phillips. Great, great movie. I got to go back and see that. I don't think I've ever seen it. I love the video. The video, it's a great video. I just It is. I may watch Blades of Glory. How often do you rewatch a movie and you're like, this is brand new to me? I know I've watched it. I don't remember any of this stuff. Well, that's dumb and dumber for me. (laughs) Really? Oh, just new, funny stuff all the time. (laughs) Tommy Boy, too. (laughs) I did an interview with the guy, um, well, so he was the guy who, uh, kicking back on grandpa's old cough medicine, were you? You (laughs) The policeman, yeah, the cop. Yeah, he was great. He was awesome. Is that the same guy in the movie that's like, no, seven minute abs or whatever the thing is? Remember that? No. (laughs) What what movie, Jimmy, bail me out on this one. What's the movie where um, he's driving with Ben Stiller? I can't remember if it's something about Mary. It might have been. But he's in the car and he's like, no, no, seven minute abs. That doesn't ring a bell at all. Jim. I would love to throw a parachute your way, but no, I wow. no idea. You guys just hanging me out to dry over yeah. here. All right, we'll do some research. We'll do yeah. some research over here for the next couple of minutes. Harlan Williams. That's what our guy, the senator, as you call him. Todd Meyer just texted us. He brought it in. Harlan he Williams. Huh? 
thanks for the the lifeline over there, Todd Meyer. Goodness. Dane and Jimmy could learn a thing or two from you, you know? All right, that's tough love. Coming up next, we got the viral video and the tank standings. I'm Brian, though. He's Dane Fife. It's 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20-milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. I'm Brian No, He's Jimmy Cook. Dane Fife with us here. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> I was just thinking two things at once where Jimmy's playing the rejoin music and he is, he's all sorts of fired up here today in his bag God, and everything. That, he's got the rowdy music. He's ready to, I think he's ready to win some money with the uh, San Diego State UConn matchup tonight. So my bad on that. You Dane know what? No here. need to apologize. I'm honored. There you go. I'm honored. I mean, I'm honored. You don't even need to say my name. Just. Brian No and Jimmy Cook. Maybe I'll get a second song. I'm just honored to be in here with this man. We're, we were talking QBs prior to, but oh yeah, but but go go ahead, go ahead. Wait 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 wait. wait. You're talking QBs? What are you, what are you talking? Well, QBs we were just on? talking about Levis or Richardson for the Colts. Now this is what I want to hear. I'm here for all this. So you got a you got a strong stance over here, Dane. You know what? I I posed the question to Jimmy. Yeah. Can you really? First of all, I let, made let me guess statement. his response. Neither's Mahomes, so who cares? Is that what he said? <laughs> no, no. I don't want to speak for him, but Jimmy, you concur? No, that's not what you said. I do concur. Low blow, and I've never said that on these airways, <laughs> but all so, the same. So that's what I would be like if if I if my favorite team had Mahomes as its quarterback. Oh, you wouldn't be able to put up with me. <laughs> I would be such a jerk to be like, oh, yeah, Richardson or Levis, not going to be Mahomes, but have fun. Knock yourself out with that. It's probably the reason why he's not the quarterback of my favorite. Team. I think Jimmy has that silent arrogance going on. He'll show up with a Chiefs jersey or yeah. maybe a fake tattoo, maybe temporary just a tattoo smile. on. It's internal. The trash yeah. talking is on the, on you the can inside. Tell, you can tell yeah. when he wears his Chiefs underwear. I mean, look – I let my quarterback do the talking for me. Yeah, okay. he this does. That's what I do there. When he's got his Chiefs underwear, he wears his pants down. He'll pull, stretch, he'll pull, he'll let his shirt. You can see the rim of his his there, undies. There's no Chiefs underwear in the arsenal. Maybe there Chiefs. should be. We got some socks. We got shirts. We got jerseys. I mean, we, we need to get wristbands. No wristbands. No wristbands. Temporary cups? tattoos. Uh, we got some glasses, like no okay. cups, but no <sighs> no coffee cups. No, Mm-mm. not a big coffee guy. So I, I I brought the question up. I, I statement first. I said, Jimmy, it's really hard to have a Q, a run first QB and make him a franchise QB. True. The way yep. the Colts are talking, and Jimmy, um, and then and then I said, ultimately, when we're talking about Will Levis and Richardson, the the Florida quarterback, I said it's hard to make a run first QB and flip them into a pass first or a drop back quarterback. Uh, the the strength being the drive back quarterback and then Jimmy what did you say? 
you I mean you posed a question to me after that of I said can can you can you yes. make a and, run and first I, and QB I told you that you have back. to have buy in on both sides it has to be adapted both by the quarterback and by the organization the Broncos tried to do that with Russell Wilson last year it's not the only reason that he sucked but they did not want him to be as aggressive with his legs as he was in his Seattle legs, yeah. and I mean that's not the only reason they were terrible and he regressed last year but it definitely took away the potency of that offense well I think this I, I this is the way I would put it I don't have any problem with a, a quarterback running as long as he's not taking crazy risks and trying to bowl over a strong safety or middle linebacker. Your days are numbered. I don't care how well you're built. You're going to take some hits and you're going to be on the shelf for a little bit. But I'm not against running quarterbacks. I use Russell Wilson as an example. Very judicious as a runner typically where he gets what he can get. And he's and always he been though, right? Yeah. He's always been. But I always think this, Dane, is you've got to make your living – with your arm you can sprinkle in the legs and you can sprinkle in running running ability and puts a lot of stress on a defense but you sprinkle it in too much now all of a sudden you're putting more pressure on your team because you're going to be in the cold tub too long when it's game day you know what i mean lots of cold tub action yeah yeah so yeah that if we're applying that to are you applying that more to anthony richardson i'm guessing yes yes and i've i flipped my pick i initially went with uh you know, let's let's draft a a, a pass rusher, mm-hmm. and let's bring in Carson Wentz. And Jim Irsay told me that's not going to happen. So then I went to Richardson. And now that I've done a little more research, a little more listening, I've moved to Will Levis. There you go. And I've moved to Will Levis because over Anthony Richardson because he's more of a dropback style quarterback. Yeah. I believe that the Colts as they are right now their personnel they're more geared for a drop back style qb yeah and look i think this where if we're comparing levis and richardson uh i think that you bring up a good point in terms of who's going to make his his living with his arm look i think i'll put it this way richardson's running ability i believe will be a bigger part of his game than it will be for will levis not automatically a bad thing for anthony richardson but I, I do think that Will Levis, um, he could be a more proficient passer. If I, I'm checking the boxes, like, who do I expect to be a better passer in the NFL? I'm expecting expecting it to be Will Levis. He's been more accurate in college, so I think it's more likely he's the more accurate quarterback in the NFL. So, yeah, I, I start with, first and foremost, are you making your living with your arm? And who projects to do a better job of that? And my feeling is it's going to be Will Levis. Time will tell if that's true or not, but that's where I would break the tie. Well, and and look, Richardson's he's a he's massive. I mean, he's a big dude. He's six four, six five, what two forty? Yeah. But you know, Levis is no shrimp. I mean, he's built like a Greek god himself. I mean, he's built like I guess for people that that didn't live back then, more more closer to now, he's built like Jimmy. I mean, Will Lovis is built a lot like Jimmy. I mean, Jimmy Cook. And so um, I think he can handle – it's not like he's slow either, Will Levis. He can run. But, I, I again, I, I think the Colts, one, they have a making of a good offensive line. They have a good offensive line on paper. Uh, I think the better choice if I have to pick between the two is to pick Will Levis over Anthony Richardson mm-hmm. from the standpoint that he's more ready to throw the dang ball. 
Well, I like that you're not a sheep over here, Dane. I give you credit because it is the trendy thing yes. to just talk trash about Will Levis. Yep. It's become the the cool thing. All the cool kids are doing it. It's yep. the it thing. Everybody's yep. trashing him. Bombed his interview. Was yeah. so arrogant. Oh, this guy. You know, we got him around 19th on the mock drafts. He's just falling like a rock. Yep. And, oh, look at the bathroom selfies. Oh, ew. This is really turning off NFL yep. front offices. And Look, man, I think it just goes way too far. The main thing, the thing I feel most strongly about, it's not for any of these four quarterbacks at the top. It's that the negativity toward Will Levis or the outright from Colts fans, like anybody but Will Levis for the ones that are saying that, you know, like the, the stupid portion of the Colts fans. You yeah. Know? yeah. 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 Like, like the. they're not as educated type thing you know what like the the unwashed peasants if you will unwashed peasants yeah anybody but will levis those neanderthals that's what i'm opposed the most of i I just don't understand why you would feel that strongly this guy will no way pan out it's crazy to me no too too many body selfies (laughs) yeah too many shirtless selfies this guy's out puts mayonnaise and coffee all this stuff doesn't matter it doesn't matter at yeah, all. They're just body shaming. Yeah. You know what I think, though, Dane, too, is think about how the perception could differ a lot for the Colts should they get Will Levis. Think about this. Think about scenario number one where there's a team that leapfrogs the Colts and takes Anthony Richardson number three. Okay? Mm. And then let's say the Colts get Will Levis at number four. Some will look at that and say, oh, well, they, they really settled. They're reaching, that type of thing. If nobody leapfrogs the Colts and the Colts have their choice between Richardson and Levis at four and they go with Will Levis, I think it's a completely different perception. I think that the talking points are a lot different. It's no longer looked at as the same sort of quote-unquote reach pitch uh, pick. So I'm really curious to see how it plays out if they get Will Levis at four. Is it with Richardson going three or is it with Richardson still on the board at four? That'd be really interesting to see how it folds, how, how it unfolds there. Yeah, it really will be. The, the other thing is, you know, there's also some talk about Hendon Hooker. Yeah. And I know he's probably not likely to go top 10. No. But what, what I think is interesting is Hendon Hooker could very well or easily be uh, still available towards the latter parts of the first round, even second round. Mm-hmm. And to me, a if they don't get who they want, or they don't have the, uh, they don't like their options. You know, Levis Richardson. You know, the other two are gone. I I think a good scenario, personally, is the let's draft at four. Let's take an end rush. Let's take another lineman. Let's take a safety. There's really good talent, yeah. It's uh, in the t- right now uh, you, for what the a, Colts need. Are you a Texas Hold'em player at all? Dane? I'm not. I'm big no. Euchre fan. Big Euchre big, fan. I love Euchre, man. We'll have to. But to, to me, Hendon Hooker um, is such a unique talent. Uh, he was so good before he got hurt, and I say that because he he's got an ACL. But yeah. the technology now to repair. And for guys to have long careers. Totally agree with that. And listen, he used his legs. He's an athletic guy. Yeah. Yep. But it's not like he's Michael Vick. You know what right. I mean? Like he uses it, but he doesn't rely on it. Like yep. that's 50% of his game or something like yep. that. And yeah, I 
Look, man, like Odell Beckham Jr. is coming off his second ACL injury as a wide receiver. Right. You know what I mean? Like, yep. And he's going to be productive depending on where he goes and who his quarterback is. So, yeah, this is not, you know, like the early 60s where you got an ACL and that was it. You know, like that's your career. <laughs> no, like, it's a different day and age. So, yeah, yeah I totally agree with that. And I think, okay, best case scenario, um, you know, you, you get who you want at, at at th- at four. You well, get- the thing that I bring up though, Dane, is when you think about Texas Hold'em for anybody who's played. Sometimes you don't love any of your options, and uh-huh. I just wonder if that's where the Colts are at. Where think about it. Let's say you're at the poker table and you don't have a big stack of chips. You're you're short stacked, and the blinds are are getting high, right? So like, if you don't go all in. You're going to get blinded out, basically. Mm-hmm. And then you look at your starting hand, and it's like, I don't know, jack six. And you're like, oh, gosh. So am I going to go all in with jack six? Or am I going to fold and have a shorter stack of chips? It's like, I don't like any of my options, but I got to do something, right? Like, I wonder if that's where the Colts are right now. In their heart of hearts, they might look of it, look at it and say, Hey, we don't love Levis. We don't love Richardson. We don't love everything we'd have to give up to get Lamar Jackson. They honestly might not like any of their options right now, but you got to do something. Yeah, you, you got to fill that roster. But no, I, I think uh, there, there's there's too many things that point towards the fact that they, you know, you take Minshew. There's just too many things that point towards the fact that they're going to get a quarterback. Can we put to bed, have we put to bed the Lamar Jackson option? No, no, it is not put to bed, not by any means, because uh, Lamar's still out there. Like That's what's interesting also is what offer could you make that Lamar would go for and the Ravens wouldn't? You know, like mm-hmm. that's a whole thing, too, if you're thinking about going down the Lamar Boulevard. Like you got to make a really shrewd offer where he says yes and the Ravens say, nah, too rich for our blood. You can go ahead and have them. We'll take the two first-round picks. Well, you know, I, I'd be the psychic here, the Nostradamus. I can envision a meeting that's either taking place or it's going to put, take place in the very near future where Ozzie Newsom, Lamar Jackson, you know, some things were said maybe, and it caused Lamar to get a little upset, and he started blabbing on social media. I can envision a meeting that's going to take place. Everybody's going to apologize, and I, I would – I would stake my claim to be at about 90% that this is going to happen, that Lamar Jackson will end up back with the Ravens and have a long career mm. with the Ravens. They're going to apologize, give each other hugs. You know, some things are said. Some things were rumored to have been said. And so my question to you is this. Brian, no. Yeah. Okay. The general manager of the Colts with the fourth, fourth pick in the NFL draft, 2023 NFL draft, Brian No and the Indianapolis Colts select Will go. Levis. Will Wow. Will the thrill Levis out of the University of oh, Kentucky? Oh, there he goes. And why? <laughs> and why? Well, I think for a, a number of reasons. He he was accurate, more accurate than given credit for in college at Kentucky. Two, let's go straight to that. What was he surrounded by at Kentucky? He didn't have John Calipari. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, like down the road, uh, you know, in the basketball office. Sure, yeah. But on offense, he didn't have a teammate that was all SEC first or second team. 
Yeah. Did not have one guy on offense like that. That matters. Yeah. So I've always said, if you play the flip-flop game here, Dane, if you put Will Levis at Alabama, his numbers are better. If you put Bryce Young at Kentucky, Bryce Young's numbers are worse. Like it, It's not like rocket science over here. Who you're surrounded by matters. And so a lot of the criticisms of Levis are tied to the lack of talent around him, where it's like, well, he's a little slow processing at times. He's a little slow reading defense, reading coverage at times. He doesn't see the backside pressure at times. Like A lot of that stuff is not just him. I'm not going to put it on everybody around him right. and nothing on Will, but there's a lot of blame not just solely at his feet. And yeah. so the point is, when you put better talent around him, I believe that he's got the tools to – flourish in the NFL and if you pair him with Shane Steichen that is a decent spot to begin your NFL career I believe it's a really good spot you just have to upgrade that talent but I think he can be a playmaker in the NFL I really do now let's assume that uh, Bryce Young CJ Stroud are available for the moment for the sake of debate okay there's no way you still take Will Levis over those two do you if you're the Colts I would wow. I, I I would I we get so we get so used to every single year this happens. We get so used to what the typical number one pick or the typical top two picks are, and we think anything else said is just freaking radical. Like, what? Right. Okay, let's compare Will Levis to C.J. Stroud. Look at the freaking talent at Ohio State. Oh, did you hear that, Jimmy? He just said Ohio State. Go ahead. We'll circle back to that one, pal. At, at the Ohio State. Sorry, I didn't mention that. But yeah, We'll circle back. I call it Noah's Ark here, Dane. Okay. That's what it was. You have two of everything yep. at Ohio State. You got yes. two first-round wide receivers. You got two stud offensive tackles. He had so much more talent at Ohio State compared to Will Levis yeah. at Kentucky. Mm-hmm. So when we talk about being pro-ready, I hear about this a lot initially is, well, uh, C.J. Stroud, a little bit more pro-ready than Will Levis. Individually, maybe, but in terms of polish and footwork and all that type of stuff. But in terms of talent that you're going to be surrounded by, Will Levis is much more pro-ready than than C.J. Stroud is because C.J. Stroud goes from Ohio State having all that talent to the Carolina Panthers, we're assuming. Mm-hmm. Like, no DJ right. Moore, no Christian McCaffrey. They gave him all those picks to get the number one overall pick. That's a different deal right there. So for the True. first couple of years, I think Will Levis, if he goes to the Colts, yeah, Michael Pittman Jr. and all right, Jonathan Taylor, offensive line, where are they at? But you need more skill position players, quote unquote. He didn't have that at Kentucky. So I think initially Will Levis is much more pro ready in terms of not having great talent around him. Jeez, he's Brian No. I'm Dame Fife. He's gone out on a limb. We got Jimmy Cook here. Jimmy, give us your thoughts on that. Last statement by the general manager, quasi general manager of the Colts, Brian No. I- I'd love to hear Jimmy's thoughts on this. Looking at Levis to start off with, the Colts are not an elite offense by any stretch. Brian is right. They have to upgrade a number of their skill position players. They want to be able to compete with any quarterback they draft. That being said, the idea that, and Brian, I don't want to mischaracterize what you're saying, that it should be penalized against Stroud because he played with great wide receivers Ooh, but was that's still able real. to make great I'm throws. Not, I'm not penalizing I don't feel him. it's fair. No, there's a difference. There's a difference between you know giving someone a bump up and not tearing someone down. I'll give you a great example. 
Give a great example. He was ready for this, Jimmy. You walked into an ambush. For, for the Smurf Bryce Young, okay? I'm going to give you something completely positive over here. You, in college, yeah, I call him the Smurf. You just insult. I love the Smurfs. Yeah, I, I insulted I love the, Smurfs the Smurfs too, but they're short. They're small. They're small. And Gargamel. Gargamel. Legend. Who was the cat? Asriel. Asriel. Gargamel's the best. Yeah. One of the great characters of all man, time. Were they a pain in the butt or what, huh? Oh, man. Just Gargamel, Asriel. Holding down the Gargamel, smurfs. great nose. I'll give you a great example. Okay. So Bryce Young, he went and played the final bowl game at Alabama. It was a non college football playoff game. I loved that. I loved that he went out there and said, I want to finish the job I started. You know, I, I love college football. Like, I feel wrong not being out there. I love that. I think that's awesome. At the same time, I understand these top prospects that say, you know what? I, I don't, I don't want to risk it. Michael Mayer, Notre Dame tight end. I love Notre Dame football. He didn't play in the bowl game against South Carolina. I totally get it. I wouldn't look down on him at all. So I'm not tearing down Michael Mayer and everybody who skipped bowl games, but I am putting Bryce Young up a little higher on a pedestal because I absolutely love that. So if you apply that to C.J. Stroud and Will Levis, no, I'm not tearing C.J. Stroud down because he had great talent, but I am putting Will Levis a couple of notches higher than most because he didn't have great talent. There's a difference there, Jimmy Cook. There is a clear difference. My issue is at the college level, particularly last year, and I've been on back and forth with you before giving praise to Will Levis where it's due, but the idea that I would elevate him over Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud when out of my quarterback at a minimum, Uh I want to see them elevate everybody else around them. I'm not saying Young and Stroud Mm. did that at Ohio State. Levis is going to be working with comparable, let's say, pieces around him in terms of talent level across the NFL to what he had at Kentucky. And by what I mean by that is the Colts are viewed offensively right now outside of Jonathan Taylor and Michael Pittman Jr. the same way you would view Kentucky in the SEC. There's not a lot there. You're going to need a lot out of your young quarterback to be able to elevate and make them better. And a lot of the marks against Levis I agree with, which is that he makes bad decisions, he holds onto the ball too long, has untimely interceptions. That's growing pains for a rookie, uh-huh. but it's not enough for me to say, well, he's going to be more pro-ready than any of these guys because he played subpar with subpar talent. That's what he's going to have in Indy. Dane, here's the deal, man. Look, the, there are some people that need to see it before they say, okay, you got to have a little bit of faith in yep. the NFL draft. You got to have a little bit of faith. Is there a Bon Jovi song about faith? You know, mm, I Might think be. it's more uh, George Michael. We'll get George that one Michael fired up for you. That's true. You have to have that's a faith, a... faith, faith. <laughs> that, he cornered the market on faith. There, he did. That George he Michael's did. right. To have a faith. Great song, but uh, you know. But here's the deal: if um, if C.J. Stroud's at Kentucky, you're saying the same thing. If you're if Bryce Young's at Kentucky, you're not if the, the vision stuff him. is right. Not, not, not off the praise they give to his tape about the way he's able to see the field and put ball placement in the right spot to get his receiver open. If that's true and it's not just about the talent that's around him, you see better numbers from Young and Stratton. Well, I also think you, you, see, you see the backside better when you don't have your left tackle getting knocked on his exactly ass and you've got right. a 6-8 defensive end coming at you. That's Listen fa- to the men. Listen to Dane over there, Jimmy. It's a fair point, but the idea of another pocket passer here in Indianapolis when Matt Ryan was sacked 38 times last year, oh, not exactly a, re- a little bit better. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Will Levis can move way he, better He can move than better Ryan. than Matt Ryan, but the idea that 
a archetype pocket passer is what you want around that offensive line that has not shown anything to prove itself the last two years is not a golden ticket for me. I believe in the Indianapolis Colts offensive line for the record. I believe in you guys. You listening? I believe in you. You're going to put it together. (laughs) Your knick-knack injuries. Get over it. Let's get to work. Let's play some football, man. (laughs) You sounded like Gruden at the end there. Hey, let's play some football, man. Football, man. Let's get after it over here. Listen, uh, Jimmy is uh he is a big school elitist is what yes. i'm gathering right here it's more and comfortable you're a hipster, I... but hey that's what you gonna do <laughs> <laughs> i get it i get the brand names of Jimmy, alabama ohio state you I, know i didn't say bama or ohio state as a benefit or a negative towards stroud or young once i'm telling you if the tape is right on young and stroud that they see the field better than levis they put up better numbers in kentucky than he did What's like a that's hipster? Of course they're going to. <laughs> no, but you, but you said they wouldn't. You said they would not play better numbers that can talk. Oh, oh, oh I see. No, I, no, no. They would not have put up better numbers than themselves first Yeesh. off. Maybe it's incrementally better than Will Levis, but not by leaps and bounds. No way. But that's the, what I'm trying to point out there is that is the mark you're saying people make to Will Levis is that oh, he played at Kentucky and he didn't shine. He wasn't in a big time SEC school and that's fine. I'm telling you the knocks against Levis, which is in part his decision making. If he is on Alabama and still has those decision making issues, yeah. he doesn't put up the same numbers that Young oh, and Stroud did. That's he does it. That's the whole point is. He's not going to have, to the same degree, those decision-making issues when dudes are open more often, when he's surrounded by better talent, when you got Jameer Gibbs in the backfield. and he didn't, like, Let's make it clear that Bryce Young, he wasn't surrounded by first-round talent left and right this past season, and he still made it go, and that's a credit to him. But it's still better than what Kentucky had over there. So I don't think Will Levis – you'd be amazed with oh, open receivers. They, they quicken your decision-making. You know, that's typically the way it works. Oh, this guy's open. Well, the only decision is throw it to him right now, you know? Sure. If guys po- aren't open, it's slower. But that's my, how it goes. My point is in Indianapolis, he's going to have some of those same issues, particularly with what they have around him right now. And in my rankings or where I have it, again, we're both just giving our opinions on the, the draft. Jimmy I like the uh-huh. decision-making ability, and I trust the process better through progressions for Stroud and Young than I do Will Levis. Listen to you. Hey, you fellas, let me, let me just settle the score here. It's okay. all a crapshoot. We have no idea. <laughs> sure. No, we don't. We've there agreed on go. that, at least. Does that help? No. <laughs> <laughs> we don't have all the answers, but we've got some of them. We've got some, you know? Yeah. Got a few. Hey, we got the answer, man. Frank Martin around the corner. Oh, gosh. I'm going to get nervous, Martin. fellas. This guy is one of my favorites. Frank Martin is one of my favorites. Huh? You know, the, the. I just have such an urge to call him Frank the Tank. I'm not going to do it. But <laughs> you it's so, scared? What it's do you so think? He's going to lash out at you? Yeah. 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 I do. Hey, man, we'll hear from uh, Frank the Tank Martin right <laughs> around the corner talking a championship <laughs> game the tonight. Tank. San Diego State, UConn. Coach we'll Martin. hear what he has to say about it. That's on the way. I'm Brian No, He's Dane Fife. It's 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation.
Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. I'm Brian No, he's Dane Fife here on the fan. Wanna welcome in Frank Martin, head coach at UMass, made a Final Four run with South Carolina in twenty seventeen, and a diehard Miami Dolphins fan. You know, I like that part of the intro the most here, Frank. You still uh, hashtag fins up over there? Oh my God, man. I I've just you know, last year we we kind of made the playoffs and I thought I was 12 years old again that was like 45 <laughs> years ago I mean uh, talk about kicking a man where it hurts right there with that one yeah well I've been a Dolphins fan since birth so I love that about you coach you know we can uh, circle back talk aqua and orange toward the end of the interview if you'd like you know we can talk to uh, all that type of stuff you want to get into it I'm all in, man. I, I love my Dolphins, man. And, and Chris Greer, their general manager, who I've known for a while, is a UMass grad. So um, it's uh, – I, I grew up across the street from the Orange Bowl. So oh, it's, uh, they're, they're, they're a part of my life. So it's, uh, it's part, of, part of my deal. Hey, Coach Mark, Dane Fife, how are you? Dane, D- Dane, you, you want to trade for about two months? I'm ready. Some deal with the I'm portal? ready. I'm, I'm ready. I want to go portaling. I want to do some portaling. I'm not out of it yet. I'm not. I'm filling in today, Coach. When I saw you're on, I had to do it, Coach. Uh, I'm a Lions fan, so you can look at the bright side. You know, with with the Dolphins' uh, success last year, did you watch Hard Knocks? Though, did you watch the Lions' Hard Knocks? I did. I'm not a Hard Knocks fan because uh, it's Hollywood, man. So yeah, you know what goes on. Some of that stuff is kind of scripted and all that stuff. But I love Dan Campbell. Remember, he was yeah, with the Dolphins. You bet he was. I love Dan Campbell. Well, see, I was thinking we could do hard knocks, Coach Frank Martin style. And I think that would give parents, parents in America, a great idea of what it takes to raise young people, to, to make young people perform at their best. What do you think? We think hard, hard knocks, do we got a chance, Coach Frank Martin style? I I I I think more people would like it that would run away from it. The problem is that that's not popular on social media. <laughs> so, um, you know, it's uh, uh, I, 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 this is what I know. There's different ways of doing it, mm-hmm. but there's one shortcut that cannot be taken from anyone growing and succeeding, and that is lack of accountability. Mm-hmm. If you're around somewhere where you're not held accountable, I don't care how people do that. As long as there's somebody's holding you accountable, uh, then there's a chance for growth. And if there's no growth, you're not going to succeed. So it's uh, um, uh, that's it. so we do that. We do that hard knocks. Uh, first of all, we'd have to make sure it airs at eleven o'clock at night. We got to make sure the young people are sleeping, and uh, um, you know, not well. In today's day and age, heck, I. I've been sitting on the couch watching a show on regular television with my children, and the stuff mm-hmm. that goes on. Oh, on unbelievable, TV isn't it? Blows, yeah, blows, blows my mind. Yeah, uh, I know it. Uh, you know, Coach, yeah. I, I heard you on Dockage the other day, and it was incredible. And I sent it to Izzo right away. 
I sent it to him right away. And uh, I don't know if he, he listened to it, but I just it, it, it just our young people need so much help right now just in terms of the stuff they deal with that we parents have no control. And when you look at the college coaching business, we're like the last line of defense. And if we don't care, a lot of these guys just get thrown into this world nowadays. Feel bad for them. Feel bad for them. Coach, are, are you down in Houston? I was. I got back okay. home last night. Yeah, I was uh, I was there through late. I left there about 4 o'clock yesterday. And uh, uh, I got a team I got to – at least uh, I, yeah. I don't know if it's a team anymore. It's a group <laughs> of individuals. Uh, yeah. I've, yeah. I've got to come manage, man. Yeah. Hey, this is the truth. Yeah. You can't yeah. be away from these guys. No. Yeah. Because if you're away from them, man, they they, they got so many voices oh. in their heads, man. Yeah, man. It's crazy. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. Yeah, the the portaling I say the portaling portaling can turn into the port of John very quickly. It's <laughs> a good very I, quickly. You know, here, here's here's what's sad, and all of us understand this one because we've all been there before. But we did. No one allowed us to embrace this. In today's society, we're allowing young people to embrace this. We allow eighteen year olds to overvalue who they are in society, mm-hmm. and that's not trying to cut them down. That's being humble enough to understand that we all think we're better than we are. Yeah, and right. when, you're, when, when, when you're 18, you're never happy with where your feet are at. You're always right. hoping to do be like the guys that play for me wish they played a Duke. Yep. Yeah. The guys that play a Duke think they should be with the Lakers. Yeah. It's, yep. it's, 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 and, and there's and, nobody that but, can check them. And if you check them, they leave. That there you go, and that's that's the challenge when we we sit around and allow these young people to make decisions based on who they think they are and the value that they think they have, and they forget there's a whole lot more people out there than there is opportunity. <laughs> so, coach, how do you go about it? Frank Martin with us here, head coach at UMass, joining us on the fan. How do you go about essentially recruiting the guys that you already have? And being a voice of reality, but also not telling them everything that they don't want to hear. No, you see, I'm I'm the other way around. I tell them everything. Yeah, and because if, <laughs> if they don't they don't want the truth, I'm not the guy for them. Right. There you go. Yeah, uh, you know, I don't I don't try to omit the truth from the players on my team, and and I'm constantly in conversations with them on how I'm trying to help them grow, and and if there's ever doubt in that moment, then they have to go. Uh, because I, I, I'm, I'm all in to help people. You see the world, and, and let's, let's be, let's, let's cut through all the BS. Okay. Mm-hmm. Everything on social media and everything, and most things on the media right now uh, that, that talks about sports has some kind of a gambling component tied mm-hmm. into it. Mm-hmm. All right. So anytime you're including gambling, people get overreact to good and bad because we didn't cover the spread or we didn't win the game. My, I have no interest in gambling or that component. My interest is in people's growth. And I cannot overreact to good and bad days as long as people are committed to my ability to help them grow. But if they ever have doubt in that, yeah. it doesn't work. So they got to go. Just like if I ever have doubt in somebody – I'm not the right person for them. Mm-hmm. And uh, and when I say they got to go, it doesn't mean I kick them out. I've got to, I got to find patience because there's so much voice opposite to that in today's society 
I got to find patience to allow an 18 year old to become a 23 year old. But, but I, I got to tell them the truth. I, I, I'm not going to trick guys into, I don't have a magic wand. I can't mm-hmm. trick people to improve. Imp- improving is hard, man. There's mm-hmm. a commitment that goes on to get better. I don't care whether it's lifting weights, playing basketball, or as a human being. Uh, improvement is hard, and, and but the only way to get better is to do the truth. No, that's well said. Coach, if we spin it toward the championship game tonight, San Diego State, UConn, what do you think about the matchup? Uh, I think there's going to be about three bloody noses. Uh, <laughs> yeah. There's 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 going to be a lot of people with black and blues after the game because it's going to be an absolute knock them down uh, at the rim game. It's an old fashioned funny that in today's day and age of all this free flowing spread ball screen, let's all shoot threes and layups. You got two teams that play through physicality at the rim. <laughs> they don't they don't play through all that nonsense. Um, and. Uh, uh, you know, analytics go out the window when you watch these two teams play. Uh, the post-up game is still existence, and it's the final two teams on the board. Um, I, I think it's going to be a heck of a game. I, I was courtside uh, for these games. I, I oh, thought man. Florida Atlantic. I thought UConn. Uh, I thought uh, Florida Atlantic, UConn, and San Diego State, all three were elite defensive teams. Um, uh, their length, uh, San Diego State, I say this all the time, everyone talks about length at the rim. How about length on the perimeter? You can't pass the damn ball. And and UConn and San Diego State both have big, long guards um, and uh, make makes life really hard on the perimeter and, and unbelievably good competitively, defensively. Uh, who I, I don't mean the hedge here. I think whoever makes the most jump shots is going to win the game because I don't know if there's going to be enough play at the rim. So like Hawkins and then the left-handed guy for San Diego State, his name escapes me right now, um, the perimeter shooter. Uh, whichever one of those two guys uh, gets it going from a jump shooting standpoint, I think that's a team that wins the game. It's kind of interesting, isn't it, Coach, where it reminds me of football, where you're talking about, hey, you got to just shoot a bunch of threes in basketball, and then you see some old-school, quote-unquote, basketball elements of defense, you know, the low-post type play. reminds me of football, where we hear about, hey, you got to throw the ball 60 times, and then there'll be a team in the NFL playoffs that just runs the ball right down your throat. And it's like, oh, wow, you have San Francisco. They can run the ball, and that's still effective. So it works the same way in basketball, I think, as well. It's the same, it's, it, but it's like that every year. It's whoever controls the line of scrimmage and runs the ball between the tackles. That's who wins the Super Bowl every year. It's not the team that throws it ninety-seven times all over the place. That's right. Um, I try to tell these guys think, that, Coach. Think about Tom Brady. Tom Brady gets up and leaves New England. Of all the people that he could have like gone to, he went to the 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 crusty old you know what just like the one he came from and what he what did he look for they had the best offensive line and he went they went and got two really good running backs to run between the tackles and that's what wins man that's what protects the quarterback that's what protects the offensive line it's it's not the other stuff and you know the other stuff is fluff man the other stuff looks good and it's good for fantasy sports. Like, let, let, let me ask you something. 
because we were talking about gambling and fantasy sports and all that earlier. Why aren't offensive linemen part of fantasy sports? <laughs> but, but, but if you don't have the best offensive line, you're not winning. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, and so that's why Tom Brady went to Tampa. They had the best offensive line with a coach that ran the ball between the tackles, and that's what they did. Yeah. Coach, you're in. Uh, you're you're on the line with some cats. We're in Hoosier and Boiler Country, and the great Gene Cady just got elected to the Hall oh. of Fame. You've had you've had some experience work experience working for some Hall of Famers and Coach Huggins, and to, to name one, you've probably worked for or close to a few more. But um, can you can you uh, tell us uh, anything, uh, any experiences you've had with Gene Cady, or just your overall thoughts? Because I think he's a heck of a coach. I always respected him. Liked more wins. He's got he holds a winning. He's the only Big Ten coach to hold a winning record over the great Bob Knight. Uh, can well, you share your thoughts on Gene Cady? Absolutely. I, I uh, you know as a young high school coach, I you know I idolized Bob Knight. Uh, uh, it's it's one of my greatest things is, is especially once I became a head coach and and he uh, um, was doing television he'd do all those big Monday games back then when I was at mm-hmm. K-State um, he'd come in my locker room man and he'd speak to me like I was playing for him and I thought it was the greatest <laughs> thing in the whole world like you he, loved it <laughs> he, he, oh, he, he'd come in and tell me how much how bad my offense is and the fact that I we entered offense on the right side of the floor every time and, I mean it was unbelievable unbelievable and, and I developed a friendship with him and then mm-hmm. that night his son and I have actually become good friends over the years yep. uh, and that's one of the great things I've got because of basketball that I, 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 the guy I grew up watching on TV saying, I love how his teams play. And I want to, you know, I want my teams to play like that, that he ended up actually knowing who I was. Right. And, um, you know, it, it was incredible. And, uh, uh and then Gene Cady, Gene Cady's a Kansas state grad. So right. uh, those old, cause you know, Knight and Katie weren't like bosom buddies back in the day now. Right. Nope. Uh, and their, and their teams didn't play like they liked each other either. And, and it was like incredible basketball. And, you know, Coach Katie always has uh, – he was just sitting next to me at the semifinal games. He mm-hmm. still has that scowl in his face, mm-hmm. and he mm-hmm. just got put in the Hall of Fame. Yep. And, uh, but, but here's a great story about him because in reality, you know, Coach is a sweetheart as, yeah. a, as a human being. Sure is. Like yep. soft-spoken and, and, and unbelievably generous, and all he cared about was people – but I'm, it's in the '90s, and I—he's coaching. I think it was a Pan American USA USA basketball team going to Pan Am games. They were practicing at the University of Miami, and I go over. They allowed me to go in to go see practices. When it came time to coach ball, there was no ifs, ands, or buts on how it was going to get done. It was going to be done the way Coach Katie told you to do. Mm-hmm. And here were all these great players that that were great players at every university that were all coming together for playing for USA basketball. And he was coaching it as if it was his baby. And that's the kind of pride he brought onto the court every day. And as the head coach, your job is to bring pride into the court direction. And then never no tolerance for shortcuts. Mm -hmm. I don't care if it's for three days or three years, no tolerance for shortcuts. And that day at those all-star practices I was at, it was obvious that what you saw from Gene Cady in that moment, there's a reason his teams played the way they did when he coached at Purdue. And uh, uh, it's, it's awesome that, that someone like him 
you know, hardcore, old-fashioned, no-nonsense, this-is-how-we're-doing-things kind of guy. And uh, I don't care what anyone tells me, whether you're a clapper, whether you got a scowl on your face like like he did, whether you're a yeller or you're, you're a mild-mannered person. At the end of the day, you better get people to do things a certain way. That's right. And he definitely did that. And when he, you know, and when guys like him get into a Hall of Fame, mm-hmm. uh, it's a, it's an awesome deal for me. That's really cool, man. Well said. And Frank, we'll let you run, man. Really appreciate your time today. And hey, we'll reconnect when the Dolphins clinch the AFC East this year. How about that? What do you say? <laughs> You guys want to keep talking about that. This is a lot better than this portal. I keep jumping. <laughs> no portal I talk. Yeah. Come, I keep trying to come out in 1972 so I can see the Dolphins winning again. <laughs> That's right. It'd be nice if it worked like that, Coach. But, hey, man, enjoy the championship game tonight, and we'll catch you down the road, Frank. Appreciate you, fellas. Thank you, Coach. Appreciate you, too. There he is, Frank Martin, head coach at UMass. Gosh, my pits are sweating. I was nervous. You got me fired up. I feel like I should be doing some push-ups, you know, hit the treadmill, something. I feel like Uh, there's just something about coaches that have that, hey, are you doing everything that you can possibly do right now? They've got that in them, and it's it's powerful. And you know what? It's a guy that got into the business for the right reasons and he's still in the business for the right reasons when he speaks it he means it he's a lot like Izzo in that way like when he tells you he's going to do something he does it he doesn't pull fast when he doesn't pull punches and that's typically why he wins because he tells the truth in the recruiting process so there's no surprises when you get there here's what I'm going to do for your son yeah and then he does it you know and here's here's what's going to happen and it either happens or it doesn't. But if it and if it if it does, it's it's you know that that's the deal. And if it doesn't, they understand why. There's an understanding as to why something doesn't happen. You gotta you gotta res- you gotta respect a straight shooter. Yep. You know that is Frank straight shooter uh, Martin over there. Straight shooter from the Wild West. Yeah. Yeah. From. Yep. But no, he's just, not. He's from Miami. <laughs> Son, uh, I'll be honest with you. You're probably going to average about 10 minutes this right, year. You right. know, like he would yep. be the kind of coach that would tell you that. You might not love it, but you know where you stand. Yep. There's value in knowing where you stand. Hey, coming up next, speaking of knowing where you stand, we'll tell you exactly where the Pacers stand as we, t- we check the tank standings over here with the prize of prizes lurking. Details on that. I'm Brian No, He's Dane Fife. It's 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. I'm Brian No, he's Dane Fife. Here on the fan with you. 
You know, Jimmy's done a great job. I would say, you know, adding some Slayer in the third hour might help. Don't might do help. it, Jimmy. Very well done so far. Eclectic. Don't you dare. Nice I haven't job. even got my request in. What is your request? You I'm not telling. Not telling. You'll know. What genre of music is it, at least? It's going to be the 1975 route. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, as we check the tank standings here, Dane. So the Pacers, they lost last night. So if your team ping like Jimmy and I are. Jimmy's team balls. There's no doubt. He wants ping pong balls. <laughs> he wants ping pong Careful. balls. Yeah, team ping, team balls, if you want to put it that way. Team Either balls. way, it works out to ping pong balls. And the Pacers have a few more. They are sixth right now in the tank standings. And that's a big difference right there. So you get a couple more odds, a couple more percentage points to potentially land the first overall pick. So that's nice for the Pacers. As I, I don't know what's happening. Orlando is one. They beat uh, the Pistons yesterday. Jeez. Portland with their ragtag lineup of misfit toys. And somehow they beat the Timberwolves on the road when they were nearly 20-point underdogs. That is insane. How embarrassing is that for the T-Wolves? Good Lord. But that does help. (laughs) (laughs) It does help the Pacers in the tank standings right there as they are trying to inch further and further up. Hey, I think a big deal is the the Pacers, they got a big dub against the Thunder the other night. Bad, bad idea. Terrific. We don't like hearing that. I was happy for my nephew. I texted this to Brian. It was his first Pacer game. I told him, hey, I'm glad you got to see a win. I'll explain you in five years the damage that you're having. This is is not helping Jimmy's ball count. Look, I've said it. You just got to end on a solid note. Miles Turner done. Halliburton probably not playing anymore. Buddy Heald, eh. Mm-hmm. What we what we have going here is we've got to try to end on a good note. Let's no, just stop. Let's lose out. But That's end on a good and, note. And, and you can't lose out. Lose out. That's what you uh, got to do. Like, listen. Here's the thing. I love that the Blazers are going out there with the horrible lineup they have and giving full effort. I love that the Pacers are going out there down Halliburton, down Miles Turner, and giving full effort. That's exactly what they should be doing. I'm just hoping that the Pacers are arresting enough talent where even though they give it their best shot, they still lose because I won as many ping pong balls as possible. Did you catch the viral video of Victor Wimbenyama over the weekend where he was he was dribbling? He's a seven-foot-four guy, all right? France phenom over there. He's dribbling out at the three-point line between the legs, showing off the handles. Then he takes a step-back three, misses, but he runs down the lane, catches his missed shot, dunks it home. And it's just like, oh, my gosh, this guy could completely change the complexion of your franchise. So, yeah, I want as many ping pong balls as possible to possibly land him. That's wishful thinking. I'll meet you in the middle. I'll meet you in the middle. wishful thinking. I I I just want to end on a good note. Great great games, buzzer-beating losses, the final three. But, hey, you Uh, gave a fighting chance all three. Exactly. I'm not – I mean, they got the Knicks twice, right? Yep. They do. Do they have the Pistons? They go Knicks, uh, Pistons, Knicks. Oh, I'm hoping it's going to be a toughie. Loss. I think, yeah, they'll, they'll get beat by the out. Knicks. Need to win. It's going to be tough to lose. And out. the Pistons can't buy a win. So I don't think the. Yeah, we'll see. But I, I just want to see the Pacers end on a solid note. I don't oh, know. Does that no, mean win? That doesn't mean win. It what, just what, means what does it get I, you? I like the idea. What do you need to see for? I it like to be the, idea, the idea where Jimmy met me halfway. There you Let's go. Let's just play hard. 
play hard. Play hard. You're play right there win. in the thick Just, of yeah. it, and then oh yeah. man, the team hit if, a shot at you, the buzzer. Yeah, you know if you're if you're San Diego State, you got the ball. You're down one. There you go. You know. I want the Pacers to be Florida. What Atlanta. you need San Diego State to do is call a timeout and turn the ball over. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you want to see. Accident with one of their um, their call ups from the uh, Fort Wayne Mad Ants. <laughs> That's right. So blame yes. him. Blame the blame the call up. Uh, yeah, exactly. But yeah, I would or the way it did play out with Florida Atlantic losing on the buzzer beater like that. That, that's what I want to see. I want to see the Pacers. You can't control that. You don't want to lose at a buzzer beater. No, no, no. Beater. I want the Pacers a, to lose on three straight buzzer beaters. No. That's what I want. That's yes. a bad note. Team Ping. That's not a positive note. Team Ping. They were right in the thick of it. Offensive fireworks. Hey, this night Nemhard went crazy. Hey, this other night, you know, we had some fireworks from, uh, you know, what, what are the other dudes just went nuts. Yeah, That's what I want. And, oh, they barely lost. Barely lost at the end right there. <laughs> <laughs> they had some call up, turn the ball over. That sounds a lot better than they got beat on a buzzer beater. Well, okay, a- script the best way. They play hard but lose. How did they lose that would make you happy? Uh, well, i tell you, maybe they have a shot to win it and miss. You know, they lose by one, have a shot to okay. win it and miss. So you want ne- Nemhard to just clang an yep. open three and yep. you, you skip off in the distance like, Ah, that feels awesome. Invigorating. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> almost. Almost beat the Knicks. Almost. 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 I, I, I just, you don't want to lose to the Pistons, though. You can lose to the Knicks. No, Can't no, no. lose no, to the Pistons. No, no, Lose to the Pistons by 25. Uh, lose. What? Yeah, lose That's, by 25. That's, no, no. Yeah. You're not meeting me halfway then. Chief. Okay, fine. I'll meet you halfway. Lose by five. <laughs> <laughs> All right, coming up next, we get to Pat 40. Huh? Guest Fest continues. We've been having a lot of fun. Guest Fest 2023. Got the national championship game tonight. Pat Forty can break it down as good as anybody else, if not better. So we'll compare notes with Pat around the corner. I'm Brian No. He's Dane Fife. It's 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. I don't think this came out in 75, right, Dane? No, but you know what Jimmy was doing? Remember when Mike Tyson on the hangover? Dude, I can't believe you said that. That's exactly how I felt. I heard in my head, Mike Tyson? I just saw Jimmy do his best impersonation of Mike Tyson doing the drums in the hangover. Oh, man, that's funny. Jimmy getting after it over here. Yeah, I totally thought the same thing. Where he he started the song, Jimmy Cook started the song just a second ago. Yes. I could hear in my head Bradley Cooper saying, Mike Tyson? Quiet, quiet is my favorite <laughs> part of the song or whatever he says right there. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Where do you have the hangover ranked on your all-time comedies list there, Dane? Man, that's top ten at least. Got to be top ten. I go top five. I think it's my favorite comedy, actually. I'd put it number one. Just uh, Number no, one. Dumb and Dumber, Tommy Boy, come uh, on. Dumb and Dumber is hilarious. Where, where do you stand on the hack movie, most overrated of all time, Caddyshack? I, I would agree with you, most overrated. Thank it's, you, it's Dane. It's just not funny. Did we become best friends? Are you kidding me? I think we just did. We're finally on. That's awesome. I think okay. we just became best friends. So we'll have Pat Forty. I, I just heard. I yep. think he said in 15 minutes we'll have. We have oh, Pat okay. right, we got Pat right he's now. Got 15, whatever, All Pat, right. you're not busy. Pat Forty joining us here on The Fan. Pat, what's going on, man? You fired up? We're going to get some drama tonight. I- I'll put it this way. 
Is tonight's game going to be a little bit more like the San Diego State crazy ending, or is it going to be a little bit more like the UConn not-so-crazy crazy ending from uh, two nights ago? Yeah, I, I have low expectations for drama tonight. I think UConn's much better and playing at a really high level, and they're going to roll, and this is going to be, I think, a lot like uh, a couple other UConn championship games. Wow. 2004 when they squashed Georgia Tech, and 2011 when they squashed Butler. What makes you say that? Well, is it just the overall ability of UConn? Offense, defense, can drive. They have no weaknesses. Uh, or is it more of a San Diego State thing? Why do you think that way? I just I, I don't see anything wrong with UConn right now. I mean, they're doing everything well. They're shooting. They can go inside. They've got handlers and passers, and their defense is great, and they have depth. And, you know, they're – they are a lot to handle inside. And San Diego State's a great defensive team, but I don't know whether they have the weapons for Sonogo and uh, Klingon, the, uh, the, you know, the 7-2 revelation. So, I, and I just don't think San Diego State can match baskets with them. You know, they, they struggle to score badly, and they're not going to grab a dozen offensive rebounds in five minutes like they did against um, uh, Florida Atlantic. That's a great point, Pat. Uh, that that was a key. We we talked to Tracy Wolfson earlier, and I thought a, a, just the turning point in the game, Florida Atlantic and San Diego State was Brian Dutcher. I can just see calling. All right, calling a hut in the huddle, saying, "All right, we're just going to put in our grind line. Let's get every muscular cat we have, and let's just go <laughs> jump over. You know, jump jump through them, jump through them." Yep. Push, shove, and, the, and the, the officials never adjusted. I thought that, that did Florida Atlantic in as much as anything. Yes, absolutely. No, they just they went slash and burn, basically, for the oh. basketball. And, you know, that's that's often their, their best option. And, yeah, yeah. yeah they, I mean, the officials certainly let them play, and uh, Florida Atlantic just could not get a rebound. It was painful at times. I mean, ball's just there for the taking and they couldn't get to them you know, they were being cross-body blocked or just beaten to it whatever the case yeah. it was uh it was a turning yeah. point shifting gears pat gene katie hall of famer where does gene katie stand on your indiana coaches list oh he's a great one for sure and a great personality you know um deserving hall of famer um you know and just he he certainly made the he elevated the Indiana Purdue rivalry, yes, to a great degree, you know, by by taking on Bob Knight and then taking a personality at night that was so, somewhat similar, you know, right? Super feisty, super aggressive. We're not backing down, and the Purdue fans love that. I know, and you know, he had a he had a great run. I'm I'm happy to see him in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, pretty neat. Speaking of of uh, Gene Cady, I, I thought it was interesting, uh, and you may be you may. Not sure if you paid any attention to this, but one of the guys, one of the coaches, one of the programs that Danny Hurley uh, did a little research on uh, as he went to the two big system was looking at Purdue's system of said he looked at painters, Travion Williams and Zach Eady playing together, the two big system. Um, do, do you really think it's that profound, pronounced, profound, that big of a deal? Um, that you play two bigs or don't play two bigs in college basketball? UConn seems to be doing okay with it. Yeah, I mean, they're doing fine with it. And, no, I mean, it's, I don't think it's some sort of, you know, like, master stroke of genius or whatever. Right. Um, I mean, you know, we went, we went a lot of decades with everybody playing two or three bigs. So, <laughs> you know, I, I, I don't think it's, you know, again, like remaking the sport. But 
you know, there's so much four out, one in, or even five out now, and just, you know, spread and, and drive and pass that, that it is a little bit different. But they've got the guys to do it. And I think, you know, Danny Hurley has shown what kind of coach, coach he is. He's really, really good. He's going to be around for a long time, and he's going to maximize his personnel. He's Pat Forty. The Sports Illustrated joining us here on The Fan. You know, you bring up Dan Hurley. What do you make of his story where, you know, the little brother to Bobby Hurley almost stopped playing basketball, uh, ousted at Rutgers, and now here he is on the doorstep of a title with a team that seemingly has no weaknesses. What do you make of his entire journey? It's been interesting. I mean, you know, the whole family to me is just uh, fascinating. Uh, one of the great families in basketball history. I, I liken him in my column to the Harbaugh's a little bit in football. Um, you know, there was, I think, some pretty serious sibling rivalry when Bobby and Danny <laughs> were younger. And, uh, you know, they worked through that. Now they're great friends. And, and, yeah, Bobby was the star player, won two national championships. Danny was a good player, but but not on that level. And now Danny's exceeded Bobby as a coach. And, you know, I think Bob Hurley Sr. could have been a national championship college coach if he wanted to be but he he never wanted to move his family out of jersey city so uh you know i think that danny's kind of carrying the torch for the whole family here and it's been great to see and great to see bob hurley here and bobby you know and, and kind of the whole family really uh, re- relishing this run pat what's the what's the environment like down in houston didn't have a chance to go just curious based on the programs that are there yeah that's a good question it's you, this does not certainly doesn't feel like an Indy Final Four uh-huh. or a New Orleans Final Four right. or even an Atlanta Final Four, really. I mean, Houston's not a great Final Four city. Uh, it's, it's huge and spread out, and, you know, they, they're okay with basketball here, but they don't, like, live it. Mm-hmm. And so then right. you've got a small fan base in Florida Atlantic, a relatively small fan base in San Diego State, although they brought a lot of fans to the, uh, to the stadium. Um, and then Miami has almost no fans. UConn has a ton, but you know the two the two fan bases that are the two teams that are still playing. They'll bring some good energy to yeah. the uh, to the stadium tonight. They're just they're very different fan bases. People from San Diego and people from Stores, Connecticut, don't have a lot in common. What do you make of the talk about? Oh, there aren't any big name schools, no blue bloods. The ratings aren't going to be good. When you hear stuff like that, what goes through your mind, Pat? Um. I'm like, let's just play the games and see how they go. You know, I, I look, I cover this, and so I, you know, this is my living. So I'm, I'm super excited for any Final Four, and I've been a big fan of Florida Atlantic since December when they beat Florida. They got my attention. I paid mm-hmm. attention to them quite a bit this year. I was really, you know, excited for that game against um, San Diego State, and then it turned out to just be awesome. I mean, a great game, and it wasn't just a complete slog. It was 32 minutes of really high-level basketball and then an eight-minute bar brawl at the end. Um, but, you know, I, I don't care whether Duke or North Carolina are here. I mean, it was great last year to have them and have those storylines. But, you know, for people that really like college basketball, it almost doesn't matter who's playing. Let's just hope for good games. Pat Forty from Sports Illustrated joining us here. How about this where it can apply to the men's tournament as well, but last night on the women's side, Caitlin Clark was in foul trouble. She had three fouls at halftime. She picked up a technical, and that counted as a personal foul, so she had four. 
Um, what do you think about you know how it's unique to basketball where you foul out, you're disqualified from the game, hurts the entertainment value? Are you open to the idea of either a sixth foul in college or something more radical where you can keep your player in the game if they pick up their fifth foul, but if they pick up the sixth one, it's two free throws and possession for the other team? What do you think about the whole foul situation in college uh, college hoops there, Pat? I mean, I'd be open to, like, trying some of those rules in, like, an experimental fashion, you know, and maybe some of the exempt tournaments uh, early, you know, in the season, like, uh, you know, at Maui and, and wherever. Uh, just see how it goes. Uh, I, You know, obviously, yes, we want to see the best players on the floor. And, you know, you're at the whims sometimes of officials who, who do mystifying things. Uh, I... I, I, I would be okay with six or I'm okay with five and yeah, make it a, a yeah, like a higher penalty if you keep playing and, and keep getting called for fouls. I, either way, I, I, I think it'd be interesting to at least check that out and see what it looks like and how it plays. Yeah. And then also tonight with the matchup, you know, you were there, you're watching the game, Florida Atlantic had a nice lead and this was the biggest second half comeback in in the final four i mean how at what point did you think you know what not only is san diego state making some noise they can win this thing um not till late <laughs> i mean i thought florida atlantic had that thing although i did i, I, I tweeted up probably like 12 minutes left that you know fau or i'm sorry san diego state had been down nine against alabama came back but down seven against creighton and came back 14 seemed like too tall a hill but they did it and it was just truly just like one throw the ball at the rim, go get it, and try to get it in possession at a time. Uh-huh. And it worked for him. And, you know, if Vlad Golden, the seven-foot center for um, FAU, if he makes a couple free throws or, you know, gets a couple more rebounds, things probably look different. But that's, that's credit to San Diego State for, for finding a way to do it. How about the final sequence also for Florida Atlantic? Anything that you would nitpick in terms of the shot they got, when they took that shot, anything you would look at there? Yeah, I I didn't like when they took the shot. I thought they went too soon. And there were people courtside who said that Dusty told uh, John L. Davis go, Mm -hmm. uh, but he told him too soon. I mean, I think there was ten and a half seconds left when the ball was was out of on its way out of his hand. I mean that 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 gave. Lamont Butler, four seconds he shouldn't have had, really. So that's the only nitpick there. I don't mind the shot, and I don't mind John L. Davis, who's really been your best one-on-one player all season, having the ball there. But the execution was not quite what you wanted. Pat, when it's all said and done, what's the story of the 2023 men's NCAA basketball tournament? Um, It's the same story from the season. Who's really actually good? I don't think we ever really got a handle on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, we finally have here at the end that it's UConn. And, uh, you know, they heck, they were unbelievable in November Early, yep. and December. Yeah, and then they, they hit the skids. Uh, but the, the way they've come back from that, I, you know, and you look at everybody else, everybody had flaws. Alabama, mm-hmm. you know, they, they, first of all, not a great tournament history under Nate Oates. Houston, not enough skill, probably. Um, You know, and you go on down the line. Obviously, Purdue has its own tournament history to deal with. So, you know, I think the season and the tournament have played out similarly. Mm -hmm. Interesting stuff, man. Well, hey, Pat, hope you enjoy the game tonight. Hope we get some drama. Man, here's the drama, right? Yeah, we'll see. I'm not (laughs) not optimistic, but I hope I'm wrong. What's your (laughs) pregame meal, Pat? Uh, pretty good meal, a little uh, little chopped brisket and some oh. uh, fries at a downtown uh, 
Houston barbecue spot. Yeah, I was hoping you weren't going to say that from the press room. That's good. I'm proud of you, Pat. (laughs) (laughs) Good stuff, Pat. We'll catch up with you down the road, bud. All right, guys. Thank you. Thank you. There he is, Pat Forty, Sports Illustrated. Man, what did he say? Brisket and some fries? Oh, man. That'd be awesome. I know Jimmy ain't buying that. That sounds amazing. He's employed. I'm not. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Jimmy, you should be buying for us. Yeah, Jimmy, I'm starving. I come here, don't get anything to eat. He's got an apple, and that's it. How about, how, about the, how about this, though? Danny Hurley. Yeah, you know, I looked around. Who's good with their two-big system? And Coach Painter pops up. Mm-hmm. You know, that that's that's for for the eight hacks that are saying, ah, Matt Painter, yeah, he needs to go. He's got to go. Can't win the big one. Da, 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 da. And you got probably the national championship coach saying, yep, I studied his system. Uh-huh. We're better for it. And we're now national champions. And I think, well, the naysayers, I, I just like to say, if you're, you're, you're bashing Matt Painter at all right now. Bash him, yeah, because he, he hasn't won the national championship. But otherwise, shut up. <laughs> just shut up. Well, it just shows you that it's not the system, quote unquote. Thank it's that- you. Yes. It's it's college basketball one. The crazy stuff happens. You know, like Pat Forty just said, who's actually really good? Yep. <laughs> and he's like, I right. don't know that we got our answers in this nope. tournament exactly. Nope. So it's a it's a bit of college basketball is just wacky. These are, you know, eighteen to twenty two year olds with the three point line and only forty seconds with a lot of pressure. Anything can happen. Um and listen, Purdue just got cold. They got cold yep. shooting from outside. They did. That to and me they, is not a, a twin young. tower thing. They yeah. got youth very youthful. They yeah. got very youthful at the guard spot. They did. And that youth showed. Yep. Right? It showed. Uh, I, uh, Braden Smith liked the guy, but every now and then, ice cold. <laughs> Fletcher, yeah, Fletch, Fletch had struggled yeah. for a month and a half. Ice cold. Yeah. No doubt. And, uh, man, you can't shoot the ball from outside. We've seen this numerous times. Gonzaga, two for 20 mm. from outside, got yep. blown out by UConn. Like, sometimes your outside shooting fails you. Purdue's not the only one, I'll tell you that much. It doesn't say it's okay, it's fine, it's all good. No, it doesn't say any of that. It's just to say they're not the only ones. Mm-hmm. There have been a lot of teams that got bounced like that. That's the Aaron Fox, right? Your boy from the Sacramento Kings. Oh, talking man. About, I just can't watch this oh, tough. The refing, this lack the of shooting. Yep. Yeah, yeah, but in terms of the shot making, I mean, he's not telling complete lies over here. There have been some rough shooting performances from time to time in the hey, tournament. Well, you know what? Change the channel. Go watch the women's side. They were lighting it up. Man, was that stuff were. fun to watch. That was a lot of fun, man. How about, uh, remember the Creighton-San Diego State game? Let me rattle some uh, three-point numbers out uh, on you here. Creighton, two for 17. You got a problem with that? From distance. Yeah, I got a big problem <laughs> with that. <laughs> Be better than 11.8% from three. Man. 11.8 from three. Ain't going to cut it, Dane Fife. I think that'd be Jimmy's career free throw percentage. No, that's a low blow. That's There's Sorry. no way that's the no, case. No, that's inappropriate. My fault, yeah. Jim. I owe you one. It's all right. Don't worry about it. Okay. Dane, if you took 100... NBA range three pointers right now. Mm. How many are you are you throwing through the hoop there? Twenty five. I'd get really tired, <laughs> really tired, and it'd take about an hour and a half because I need I need rest. <laughs> you need to recharge with some applesauce packets. Yes. Yeah. Be, biggest issue would probably be upper body strength. 
Man, I'll tell you what. Some of these dudes, Dame Lillard is a great example of this. Damian Lillard, who's not the Hulk, but he can shoot from half court like he's shooting a free throw. Yeah. Like the amount of strength it takes to be able to do that. I'm telling you, you go out there and just shoot from NBA range, you got to put a lot into those shots or it's not getting to the rim, man. No, and it's the other part would just be synchronized. You know, your body movement synchronized, you know, from the ground up. Starts with your feet, moves like, you know, legs are a big part of it. But um, I think a, a, a lot of it then comes to core. Mm-hmm. We're getting a little too deep into this, and I apologize. No, I, I like this. Break and, it down here. And then, you know, what, what came to mind was Caitlin Clark. I mean, she took one from the hash mark, you know, right in front of the coach last night. Range. And and it really is, you know, you got to have your body synced up like – if you can, if you slowed down Steph Curry and had like a what it would be infrared or some type of um, oh uh, what are those uh, X ray machine mm-hmm. and you slowed it down into super slow motion you could see it see his shot start at his feet and then his toes and then his calves and so on and so forth all the way up in succession to the release point you could see that although it's so subtle that you have to slow it down into milliseconds, mm-hmm. you can see where the body is synced up so perfect and you maximize the power to get the ball going in the air. No, and yeah. um, you asked. I mean, No, it, I like it, dude. That's really good. I, I have 15 follow-up questions. I'll, I'll only do one most likely, maybe two, who knows. But uh, when you are you're teaching the finer arts uh, of shooting, and you're talking about the intricacies. What's something that you typically see that you have to correct in some shooters, like not starting from the ground up? Well, gr- grasping how important your lower body is, your legs, okay, in a jump shot, especially for young players. And by young, I mean probably uh, probably high school and below, okay. you know, 10th grade, ninth grade and below understanding that how important your legs are is is tough to grapple and what i usually tell people is when you shoot a shot if you're if you're shooting a shot young kids i've got my daughter who's 13 doing it right now is to access your legs and how you do that and what i teach them is to rock back on their heels and then rock forward and shoot it so you rock back on your heels rock forward you really access your legs, you feel your legs and you access, you, you kind of, um, you stimulate the muscles and you then, when you rock forward, you access every part of your leg and you start then from the ground up. Now it's a warm up drill. You don't want to be rocking back on your heels and then shooting, you know, in, in a game or at the free throw right, line. Right, right. It's a, it's a good drill to help kids, young kids understand and get them in the habit of understanding leg the the importance of your legs and starting your shot from the ground up as opposed to jumping like i see most young kids they jump their legs are straightened and then they shoot the ball um you know after a split second of their legs they they totally take their legs out of it and then you can tell when it's all arms yeah it's easy to see and so i think that's a really the drill i just described a really good drill to get kids to understand the the how to sync up their legs to their to their upper body and then ultimately releasing the ball when shooting. There's no way you know all that stuff and are only hitting 25 of 100 NBA range three pointers. Man, right I'd now. have to do a lot of heel rocking. Look, 
you got to be in shape too. I mean, it's it's uh, it's. So what are you telling us? Heave. You're not in shape? Nope, I'm not. Not Absolutely at all. Absolutely none. Not I've been either. running every day, but I'm not in great shape, and especially uh, muscle mass. I've got to do. I've got to hit the weights. <laughs> yeah. Put it that way. <laughs> Fair enough, man. How about when we're talking about the championship game tonight? Danny Hurley and the job he's done at UConn. And Tracy Wolfson earlier had some interesting things to say about his career path where, and you think about this, being the little brother of Bobby Hurley. I know it's like ancient history to a yeah. lot of the people listening to us right now, yeah. Dane Five. They yeah. might have even been alive. Good Lord, Jimmy Cook wasn't even thought of when Bobby Hurley was doing his thing at Duke, you know? Yeah. But being the little brother of Bobby Hurley, who was really college basketball royalty at the time, oh, yeah. it was a huge struggle for Danny Hurley. And at one point, he hated basketball when he was a player at, at Seton Hall. And he's come full circle, found his love again, got back into coaching, coached at the high school level, assistant at Rutgers, Coach smaller college like Wagner, and here he is at UConn on the doorstep of a title. It's a great story. It is a great story, and there's that side. And then there's Brian Dutcher on the other side, San Diego State, the true Cinderella. Uh, Brian Dutcher was on the staff in 1992 and 93 when Michigan played in the national championship. Uh, 92 against Duke, got beat. 93, the famous or infamous Chris Weber timeout, got mm. beat by North Carolina. Brian, Brian Dutcher was one of the masterminds behind organizing and recruiting the Fab Five to Michigan. And now, age 57, gets his first head job when Steve Fisher decided to retire. And he's back in the national championship game. But as the head coach, that's another unique story. And at the true Cinderella squad, San Diego State Aztecs. Here's a question for you. Yeah. Who is the most famous or who's the best athlete to come out of San Diego State? Uh, could be Marshall Falk. Or? Uh, could be, did Steven Strasburg go there? Tony Gwynn went there, right? Did Tony Gwynn, or did he, he go did. to Arizona State? He went to San Diego State, yes. right? Tony Gwynn has got to be on the short list. Uh, there's been some talent come there's through There's a really famous basketball player still playing. Mm, I have it. State. You got it, Jimmy. What yep. is it? Who is it? Kawhi Leonard. Oh, yeah, of course. Kawhi. That's the fastest would, somebody's would ever put, said Kawhi Leonard in in my life. Would you put, I know, recency you bias said that aside. so fast. Is Kawhi Leonard a bigger name in the NBA and the sports world than Tony Gwynn was at his at his peak in his heyday? Yeah, Tony Gwynn or Marshall Falk, just because they didn't have social media. Yeah. Yeah, Marshall Falk was a huge deal. Well, more so in the NFL than he was at San Diego State, obviously. But same thing with Kawhi. And Kawhi's laugh. <laughs> oh, man, it made my life. <laughs> By the way, I love circling back to Brian Dutcher. I just loved his reaction when Lamont Butler hit that shot. I didn't you know see what I mean? it. What did he do? He, he just kind of stood there and smiled. He wasn't <laughs> running around like, oh, my gosh, this is unbelievable. He kind of just v. smiled like... Yeah, Jimmy we're Valentine. still alive. Wow, amazing it worked out like yep. that. But I just love his subtle reaction. It was really cool. Well, maybe he had some indigestion or something. Maybe <laughs> just wasn't really focused on that. <laughs> maybe so. All right, coming up next, it might not happen, but it won't be for this reason. I'm Brian, though. He's Dane Fife. It's 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. 
Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. I'm Brian No, He's Dane Fife here on The Fan. Wow, yeah, so we were talking about uh, does Bon Jovi have a faith-themed song? There it is. Keep the faith. Shout out to Eddie Garrison, works here at The Fan. Let us know, like, oh, yeah, Bon Jovi, he's, uh, he's tapped into the faith market over there, not just George mm. Michaels. Mm. Knows his Bon Jovi trivia, that Eddie Garrison. You just said George Michaels with an S on the end. George Michael. Yeah. Okay. Singular. Your mistake? Okay. My I was just hoping. I, I think of, uh, what was it, the sports machine? Was that George Michaels with an S? You remember that? Al Michaels? No, the old sports <laughs> machine, like the old highlight show. I think it was George Michaels. Was it I don't not? Recall. You don't remember? Let me I found my song, though. Jimmy said, when are you going to play it for me, Jimmy? Well, we have one segment left, so it's either <laughs> coming back from break or not at all. Now, that oh. was George Michael, too. For the sports machine. So we got both singulars over here. Wow. Good to know right there. Okay, so we got Lamar Jackson, not Lamar Jackson's on the mind as well. (laughs) So I apologize. My bad. Um, But Lamar Jackson, here's the deal. We were talking about are the Colts still in play to get Lamar Jackson. And our guy Todd, Todd Meyer, the senator as you call him. Senator Todd Meyer. Yeah, that's right. Assistant program director of the fan. He tweeted us, or texted us, I should say, and it was a He doesn't a know quote. how to tweet. He knows how to tweet. He just texts more often there. I don't know if he has a Twitter. I can't believe he knows how to text. Jim Ursay, he's a proficient texter over here, that Todd Meyer. Uh, Jim Ursay, he said this at the owners' meetings in Phoenix last week. He said, I do not believe in fully guaranteed contracts. I do not see it as a positive element at all. And so the thought might be, well, that takes the Colts out of the running for Lamar Jackson. I say, whoa, 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 whoa. whoa, whoa. Lee Corsell says, not so fast, my friend. I say, yeah. whoa, 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 whoa. That's what I say. Yeah. It's, like no the one's new giving, kids on the block. Yeah, no one's giving Lamar Jackson a guaranteed contract. No one. So if Jim Ursay isn't willing to do it, that doesn't take the Colts out of the running. I doubt they end up with Lamar Jackson. So it might be a moot point, but... To think that they're completely out of the running because he's not willing to give a guaranteed contract. Nobody else is. So that doesn't take them out of the running just because of that. I I don't think it's the fact that nobody else will. It's what Lamar Jackson thinks he's worth. And to be clear, uh, one, I think you were thinking of Shawn Michaels. But two, I think think that... um, there's more to it than than Jim Mersey simply saying he doesn't believe in guaranteed contracts. And he said he's he's wanted to go young, he's wanted to go long term. He he's that was one point that he made about long term, you know, or I'm sorry, guaranteed contracts. Jim Mersey, for many reasons, 
doesn't want to get into the, or appeared to not want to getting to the Lamar Jackson sweepstakes, if you're reading between the lines. Well, you're right. Listen, here's the thing. You, I see what you're saying. Maybe it's a between the lines type thing, but I, I don't believe that's the case. Oh, like, no, I, I don't believe it, it is. I get don't. Ready to take another L there, Shawn Michaels. No, 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 no. If he says. Jim Irsay says, I don't believe in guaranteed contracts. Just don't believe in it. Okay, fine. Great. Well, Lamar Jackson's not getting a guaranteed deal from the Ravens. Look around the league. Almost all these other teams are like, not interested. No, thanks. Not interested. Falcons? No. Patriots? No, we're good. You don't know that. Washington? uh, No. Did they say they didn't want to guarantee? get someone with a guarantee? They just said they're not pursuing him. Seattle? No, we're good. So I mean, you're look, filling in the gaps and assuming they're not pursuing him because of guaranteed contracts. No, I'm not. I'm just telling Sounds you. Like it, they, they pub- those teams publicly came out the second that it, the tag was applied to him and it was reported, we are not pursuing him. That's yeah, what, right. was what Brian's no, highlighting I, I, there. Yes, I'm just trying the, to explain that what is he's... That is not the argument. I'm not saying it is or isn't. I'm just trying to explain what he was saying there. Thank I heard you, him. Jimmy. Appreciate that. I'm just saying, Brian, sounds like he's suggesting that those teams might not be interested because of the fact that Lamar Jackson's asking for the guarantee. No, no, they're just – it could be anything. It could be the lack of durability. It could be the numbers declining. could be a – they don't want to give up two first-round picks on top of having to pay him a ton of cash. Like, there are a lot of reasons. But um, I can fully understand why teams don't want to give a fully guaranteed contract to Lamar, especially with the recent history the last couple of years. I'm just simply telling you this – if no one around the league is willing to give Lamar Jackson a fully guaranteed contract, why on earth would the Colts seemingly be out of the running altogether with Jim Irsay saying, I don't want to give out fully guaranteed contracts? Hey, that, well, that doesn't take them out of the running at all. I wish I could use the old Tommy Boy quote. I mean, I can defecate in the box to get a good guarantee, but all you're going to get is a box of defecation. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. I hear what you're saying, but does that have any relevance? To I'm our not conversation? sure. I don't know. I love the quote. Yeah, I like how you, it's hard to, yeah, poop. you know, clean that up, yeah. and get it in the same message I, conveyed. I, is it really about the guarantee, or is it the amount? Well, Lamar's got to change his expectation level here because. If he wants a fully guaranteed contract a la Deshaun Watson, well, if he's got a market, then that's one thing. But he doesn't. Did did Deshaun Watson, did he – and this is a question for Jimmy, for Brian, for Senator Todd Meyer. Mm-hmm. Did Deshaun Watson, did he just eliminate, destroy anybody else's opportunity for a guaranteed contract? No. No, I don't think he did. I think it it hurts, but I don't think he destroyed it. I mean, you got a couple of guys. Look at Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert. Those guys, the last two years, if you compare their last two years compared to Lamar Jackson's last two years, it's Team Burrow and Team Herbert by far, like not even close. Yeah. Like Lamar Jackson's put up 33 touchdowns and 20 picks. You love pointing that out, and I I, agree. That's that's not anything spectacular at all. That's not even average. It's like... It's slightly below That's average. like Jimmy bragging about his 5'8", 40-yard dash. <laughs> it would be. Yeah. yeah. It's horrible timing for Lamar. I'm telling you, Lamar, you ever you ever ask for the car, Dane Fife, when you were a young lad? 
Like, let's just say... Ford Probe 91, brand new. Okay, you want to borrow the Ford Probe, yeah. which was a flashy car back in the day. It was sharp. If your parents just had a knockdown, drag-out fight, it's bad timing to ask if you can borrow the Ford yeah. Probe. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. So for Lamar Jackson, off of the last two seasons, injury-plagued, less productive, yeah. to be seeking a fully guaranteed contract is the epitome of bad timing. That might be the best analogy I've ever heard in my life. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. I appreciate that. I mean, it it really doesn't exactly compare to my parents getting in a fight and me asking. It'd be more like maybe my parents getting in a fight as a result of something stupid I'd done. Okay. But still bad timing to ask for the Ford probe. You digress. Yeah. You yeah. may commence. That's a great. That's a great point. Similar. You may commence. Similar. Yeah. Yep. Similar situation. But Very. it's all about timing. And yes. So the point is, Lamar, based on the timing, he's not going to find a guaranteed deal. And so, like, I, I don't buy this talk of no, the Colts are out because Jim Mersey said he doesn't believe in fully guaranteed contracts. Okay, that doesn't mean they're out. He's not going to get a fully guaranteed contract from anybody. Right. Not. I guess when you go by that statement, but you're not revealing the whole story of what Jim Mercy said. Well, I'm look at this. Uh, I'm not I'm not saying you misquoted him or mischaracterized him. I just said there's there's more to it. That was reason A or reason 1. Here's 2, 3 and 4. Well, what are 2, 3 and 4? Well, J- Jim Mercy likes a young QB, which doesn't eliminate Lamar Jackson with just that factoid. Right. But he's thinking more franchise. Um and I what else um let's see here um i'd have to go back and look at the article do you you're gonna make me do it (laughs) i read it i read it aloud the other day if you could read it in uh one of those books on tape voices over there that's what i would like to hear who who wrote it jimmy you remember who, who wrote it I mean, there are a number of pieces about what Jim Irsay said, so no, I don't remember which one you Jimmy read, just unfortunately. Loves Jimmy, Jim, you what? guys set me up. <laughs> While he's looking for this, where I, I want to hear the uh, the Dane Fife books on tape voice for a second, <laughs> but while he's digging that up, where do you stand, Jimmy? Do you think do you think the Colts are officially eliminated just because Jim Irsay said, I don't believe in fully guaranteed contracts? I agree with the notion that he's not going to get the guaranteed deal So, it, by, from any team. I agree with that notion because yeah. you and I have talked about this over the last couple of weeks. There appears to be, again, not collusion. I want to I I paint right. that as clear as I can. Yep. There appears to be a want to among NFL owners to collusion. not have guaranteed money become a regular thing that happens with their personnel. With Lamar specifically, it's not collusion. It's common sense. Okay? Sure. Like... Production's down, injuries are up. That doesn't equal fully guaranteed. But here's my here's my issue though. And again, the counter to what I'm about to say is the Browns are morons, which there's a long history to be able to back that up. But Deshaun Watson, and I'm not even talking about the off the field stuff. Deshaun Watson has had an injury history in the past. Hadn't played football in two years prior to the Browns uh, letting him run wild week 11 or week 12, whenever the suspension ended last season. And he looked fine, looked okay. I mean, I'm willing to give him the benefit of the doubt because it, I imagine it's really hard to pick it up on the fly like that after a long absence. But there are similar air markers towards Deshaun Watson, and that's what Lamar Jackson sees is, I still have high potential. I'm still a top-tier quarterback. This is what Lamar thinks. Deshaun Watson got it. Why not me? 
Okay, well, I'll give you a couple of reasons. This is a good one. So, uh, Lamar, as I've said before, last two seasons, 33 touchdowns, 20 picks. Okay? The last season Deshaun Watson played for the Houston Texans, same number of touchdown passes, 33 in one season, seven interceptions. Okay? He had a passer rating of 112.4. Over 4,800 yards. Completion percentage was over 70. That was Deshaun Watson's last season before he was dealt to the Cleveland Browns. So the last impression was way different than the last impression the last two seasons for Lamar, who's been injury-plagued. Like, that that's the difference in when you ask. It's the timing of it. It's not just what you're asking for. It's when you're asking for it. And the timing between the two quarterbacks completely different. Again, I'm not even saying I'm going to bat for Lamar Jackson's behalf. I'm just looking at where the league is right now and where a player of his caliber views this situation. Is it a risk to give him fully guaranteed money? Oh, yeah, it definitely is for Lamar Jackson. However, it wasn't. it's not like it's not a risk for the Browns to have done that. They've obviously already made their bed, but like, it's not like Deshaun Watson couldn't go down tomorrow. You know, like it, the whole basis of the issue is the injury risk and the cap hit that would follow if the league starts giving guaranteed money no, to their best players. That's not going to be. All right. Are you, are you guys ready? OK, We're ready. We're ready. OK. Jim Irsay saying, quote, OK, when and I'll give you who wrote it here in a second. I'll cite my source. When you have a young quarterback, a rookie quarterback gives you the opportunity to build the franchise for the first three or four years. That's so essential. The money is going to be spent. The question is, how do you spend it? And are you going to be able to sustain greatness? Okay. And that's that's Lamar. That's that's one reason. Okay. If you look at Kansas City, Buffalo, all teams having success. It's all drafted quarterbacks, quarterbacks. And they picked most of them high. Jim Ursay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Jim Ursay. And I'll cite my source. Our source is Joel Erickson, written on March twenty eighth, two thousand twenty three, Indianapolis Star. And that's another reason, okay? Jim Irsay wants to go young. He wants to be able to mold their quarterback. When you bring in Lamar Jackson, that ain't happening. Well, they better not be drafting Hendon Hooker, who's almost the same age as Lamar. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's a transfer. He's part of the uh, – he got that COVID year, maybe a medical red shirt. Um, but then back to the original point. Okay. All right. The Colts not taking Lamar Jackson because Jim Irsay thinks that a guaranteed contract would not be appropriate at this time is not the only reason why the Colts. That's would not fine. Take Lamar Jackson. That's fine. Period. But, okay, it's not. I agree with you. That's not the you, only reason. But for you, anybody who says, like our guy, the senator, hey, you know, Jim Irsay said he's not in on fully guaranteed contracts. That's like me saying, you know what. I, I can't live where there are hurricanes. You know, I'm out of Topeka, Kansas. Can't live there. And it's like, there aren't hurricanes in Topeka, Kansas. Like, so that shouldn't be a concern. You know what I mean? Like, no one's giving Lamar Jackson a fully guaranteed deal. Oh, you think so, he's being Captain Obvious. Okay, he's, right. I got no, you. No, no, he's, he's not talking about Lamar. Like, we're applying these things about... Like, just fully guaranteed contracts in general and right. just going straight to Lamar. Like, oh, right. he's sending a message about – he's just talking about in general. Is that right? There you go again. Yes. I, I would not agree with – you're saying – You just want to disagree. I am. I I love the point-counterpoint. <laughs> I love a good battle. We're, I love a I love a J.J. Reddick versus uh, 
big Kendrick Perkins. I, okay, yeah. I, I want to get after it here. Okay, yeah. You know, I, this is uh, Sammy Hagar, David Lee Roth. Yep, we're Jimmy's the, the official. We should have Jimmy wear an official shirt tomorrow. I, I'm, I'm Nick Bosa, and you are. <laughs> who's your offensive lineman of choice over here? Ooh. Bernard Ryman? Is that who you're going to go? Tony Mandrich. <laughs> Tony Mandrich. All right. I'm trying to swim move you, or am I going Reggie White club move? Uh, you're going to find out here in a second here, Fife. You know, yeah, you like that kind of stuff. I like hey, it. Hey, you go club move or swim move, swim move. You're on your back, pal. <laughs> Wait a minute. So you're not in shape to take NBA three pointers, but you are in shape for you know speed move, swim yeah, move, or wanna, club move. Yeah, you don't want to. You don't want to be vulnerable. You I don't want to open up your chest to him. You give me your chest. You're on your back. I hear. You. Hey, Eddie's here. Eddie just walked in. Eddie, hey. hey. Schooled us on uh, Keep the Faith by Bon Jovi. He's so proud of himself. That's why he came in. It's a strong statement by him. All right, we got to close it down in style over here, Dane. We've got some betting advice. No NBA games. None. Tonight. It's all about the college national championship game. At DJ Cook. At DJ Cook coming up right around the corner. He's got some betting advice. And also, oh, man, I got 19 things we could shoehorn in here. I I got one for you. There's going to be a, a big change in a, a certain league slash, uh, slash association. You think it's going to be a change for the better? That's on the way. I'm Brian No, He is Dane Fife. It's 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, Ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. He's Dane Five here on the fan. I should have known you would have said, "Hey Jimmy, play some sucky music." That's my uh, that's my choice for today. Yeah, play some overrated music that's not fun and overly mature. Give me some Sammy Hagar. I can totally understand your thought process here. Now that's a guy looking for a fight. Uh, you know what? Sometimes the truth hurts. Dane. You just insulted the country. You insets the Blue Angels song. You just. You just insulted the country. You just assaulted the United States of America, pal. No, no, absolutely not. I just fully insult one Sammy Hagar. That's all. That's and all. me. Not the Blue Angels. And Jimmy. Not Dane Fife. Not Jimmy Cook. I think Jimmy looks upset. He doesn't. You just want to. You try to <laughs> steer him over to this. Team Hagar. <laughs> <laughs> Jimmy's got a red tint to his cheeks right now. He He's wants upset. to be Switzerland. He wants to be totally neutral. And you're like, come on, come on, be be Team. Sammy over here. Come on. Come on. Come on, Jay Cook. Hey, what do you think about this, Dane? We've got the NBA CBA. They agreed to one for seven years. One of the little uh, bullet points. In-season tournaments. Huh? You fired up for the in-season NBA tournament? I'm not. You? Is that even... Uh, I mean, I can't even picture that. How How boring those will be. Man, I think sometimes these Final Four banners are overrated. You talk about oh, winning, man. winning your in-season NBA tournament. 
I think you're going to get clowned <laughs> for doing that more so for the first handful of years. You got to have a team with some actual championship success. Like if the Celtics, that'd be the best case scenario for the NBA. If the Celtics, with all their championships, win the in-season tournament, My it gives Lord. it some prestige, you know? But you're going to get clouded. If the Clippers win the in-season tournament, we're just going to make jokes about Jeez. that. If it's anything like the All-Star game, we're in trouble. Yeah. No, that would that would not be good. By the way, how about this? Uh, the final call from Jim Nance when San Diego State beat Florida Atlantic. There's one part here that I think is is the best. Check this out. They have the one timeout. Are they going to take it or not? They don't have the scores on the floor. It's Butler with two seconds. He's got to put it up. Now he he stuck to landing with the San Diego State miracle. Who who did but, the high pitched? Ah, oh, I think one it was Raftery. I'll give you one it guess who made Raft. the high. Yes, absolutely. Oh, yeah. awesome. Let, let's hear the high pitch again. Oh, they have the one timeout. Are they going to take it or not? They don't have the scores on the floor. It's Butler with two seconds. He's got to put it up. Yeah, you can absolutely hear Raftery. Compliments to CBS Sports on that. But I love right before that. They don't have the scorers on the floor. <laughs> Jimmy, Jimmy, what's uh, did did Raft did Raftery step on Jim Nance's call there? I thought he was fine. Yeah, I did. Too. I mean, it's it's Raft. Uh, the only thing I was a little disappointed by is that I expected him to step on it with onions. <laughs> we didn't get that. We didn't get that till later in the replay, and then we got onions. <laughs> It got the puppy set. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> yeah. What a move by Lamont Butler, right? He oh. got cut off from the baseline and then, you know, a little step over move. What would you call that, Danger? He just it crossed it over and yeah. it, I mean, it was it was uh he left the I think he really caught the San the Florida Atlantic defender off guard. Yeah. I don't know how that can happen, but the uh, Florida Atlantic defender, I think it was Gaffney just whoa. What just that, happened? Bang. That was a sweet Rose move. Rose up in his face. Splash. And just splash. Nothing but How about net. the rotation? Got to have the rotation, Dane. What up? What's up with the shot, though, from Florida Atlantic? Huh? Way too early. Why? You know, I, I think Dusty May, head coach, had said maybe second and a half or so. But shot clock, my mom said the same thing. I'm like, Mom, I mean, gosh, you know, he's, I, I don't know. I just... I don't think it's that big of a deal. If it's a shot they wanted or the player they wanted to have the ball in their hands, Janelle Davis, kid from Gary, if that's the shot and the play that they wanted, you know, you got to let your your guys, they got to go make the plays, which they'd had all year. And listening to what Tracy Wolfson said about uh, Lamont Butler earlier in the show, like he barely made a shot inside the arc last year. Yeah, yep. Now he's hitting dribble pull-ups from – from 15 to win win uh, final win semifinal games to go to the national championship. How crazy is that? She said the stat was something like he had taken 10 two point shots and made one of them last year. Yeah, like unbelievable. She, yeah, she was uh, dotting the eyes and crossing the t's on that research, but it sounded like it's at least in that yeah. ballpark. Those are the kind of things that I'd expect. Uh, you know, Eddie or those are the kind of yeah. But that's the Senator thing with Todd the. Meyer. I think uh, was it was it Pat Forty that might have said I think it was him we had on this hour where hey if Florida Atlantic chews up a few more seconds of that shot clock 
Like Lamont Butler doesn't have that same amount of time to make the move he made. Eh, that's a hypothetical. I'm not going with Pat on that one. All a <laughs> it's hypothetical. True. It's true. If you, if you well, I'm sure. I'm not sure that's the play call that Brian uh, Dutcher pl- called. Let's have Lamont dribble down to the baseline, almost step out of bounds, reverse course, look at the time, go to his left and hit a 15 footer for. I'm not sure there's a play that Brian Dutcher has in his arsenal. Yeah, I would have just I would have taken that at the shot clock buzzer, but in any event, we we move forward. It's all about spinning it forward. We got some picks from one Jay Cook. Let's dive wait. into that. Yeah, let's do it. The Jay Cook plays of the day. This is me. All right, I'm not a f- athlete. This is my f- way. This is how I win. It's only one real game in town tonight. That's what we're playing. We're going to scoop the seven and a half on San Diego State tonight against the UConn Huskies and also going to take the over. I think it goes over 132 and a half tonight on National Championship Monday. Seven and ten last week plays on Twitter at the Jay Cook. So you were, wait a minute, you got seven out of ten or you were seven and ten? Seven and ten. Seven dash ten. 7-10. 7-10. 7-10. Jimmy, what happened last uh, week? What happened last week is my all-Miami, uh, or all-Florida final crumpled. Uh, <laughs> and after FAU got their hearts ripped out, as did uh, a uh, four or five units on my uh, on my bankroll, I looked over my buddy. I was like, I'm taking Miami. But doesn't it just feel like UConn's going to come out and just boat race them? <laughs> Sure enough. Oh, sure Jimmy enough. Got to go with the gut there, Jimmy. I like that you're going against the grain, though, with the Aztecs plus the points. I a- think aggressive. this is – I know I'm taking the over here. Ordinarily, I would take the under, but it's all the way down to 132.5. And, and the reason I say ordinarily I take the younger is I think it's yeah. an ugly game tonight. Well, hey, we'll see how it goes. Day ain't a pleasure. We'll do it again tomorrow. Looking forward to it. Enjoy the championship game. Have a good afternoon. JMV next.